What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. We are locked and loaded on a hump day edition of the morning program right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Plenty of Texas and BYU conversation. We'll hear more from Steve Sarkeesian as the Longhorns get set to begin the Malik Murphy era here in Austin. Plus, the NFL trade deadline less than a week away. Could the Cowboys and Texans be making big moves over the next couple of days? We'll talk some NBA as the three Texas teams open up their seasons tonight. And, of course, the World Series is set thanks to a Game 7 shocker in Philadelphia last night. and We'll have plenty of laughs along the way. We're ready to roll. What's going on, Buck? I'm good, BK. How about you this morning, man? I'm doing all right, man. feel like I'm coming down with a little something-something, but hey, we got me. A little olipop, all the good ingredients right there. Is that cherry? A little cherry cola. I have not had this flavor yet because oh, I haven't okay. been able to find this flavor. And finally, at the Target close to my place, they had some cherry cola in stock. So Sweet. We're going to bust this bad boy open right here on this show later today. I'm excited to try it. But uh, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm thinking about you today, though. You know, I was uh, I was worried that you were going to need a day off. I thought I was going to get a call or a text at some point from you over the last few hours because I figured you would be too hurt over the loss of Richard Roundtree that maybe right. you would need you would need to take a day. I know that guy was one of your favorite actors ever, man. Passed away yesterday at the age of 81. Yeah, 81 years old, 81 years young or whatever. He dead. He dead. And he, uh, you know, the original chef, John Chef, badass John Chef, 19, 1971. Uh, I went to the movie theater to see Chef. I've seen it numerous times. I've seen the newest John Chef with Samuel L. Jackson just uh, just can't compete with Richard Roundtree. That guy was a handsome man, was a was a strong figure back in the 70s, did an awful lot of movies. When you go back in his career, that guy had tons of movies that he was in, you know, bit roles and stuff like that. He was like the um, Jonathan Banks, the black Jonathan Banks, and a lot of bit roles and stuff in his career, but did a fantastic job in I'll never forget uh, John Shaft and the music of Isaac Hayes. I had that was one of the one of the first albums that I had was uh, back in '71 was was John Shaft. Wow, and that was that was the feature of Isaac Hayes did John Shaft. So you had the movie soundtrack. I had the soundtrack was awesome, man. Man, yeah, Richard Roundtree, eighty-one years young, passed away after a brief battle with pancreatic cancer. Cancer got him twice. I think he also had breast cancer at one time in his life. Yeah. He had a mastectomy. He was a male who had a mastectomy done. Mm. Yeah. That's uh man. Tough, 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 tough. So rest in peace to uh, Richard Roundtree and go watch Shaft today. If you're looking for absolutely something. the original Shaft. I think it's supposed to rain a lot here in Austin over the next few oh, days. Oh, who made that call? Well, you did. On a Wednesday. Yep. I'll give you some credit there. You know, you did not call that. Rain was coming on Monday, so I was no. outside on a run trying to enjoy my day, and all of a sudden, buckets of water are falling from the sky, and you know the weatherman is nowhere to be found. But uh, you did call rain on Wednesday, and we should be getting some more rain today. I think Tomorrow. we might be getting 
I know rain tomorrow and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. And then the high on Monday is in the forties here in Austin. I'm not oh, yeah. digging that. No. Oh yeah. The, the high in the forties. That's uh, the word on the street. According to the weather guessers out there. No, I'm not. I don't do temperatures. I, I don't like cold temperatures. I, I know it's time to get, I know I'm a lettuce rancher. And a, and a superior lettuce rancher, but I'm prepping a garden for the spring. I'm not prepping anything for the winter. Those mm -hmm. are going to be in pots. My lettuce will be in pots this year and broccoli and things like that. I'm having a hard enough time out there shoveling and evening things off and leveling it off and putting peat moss down for the spring. So I'm going to have a fine garden. Sorry about that, H-E-B. You won't see much of me in the spring. I'll have my own, I'll have my own lettuce and tomatoes and everything growing, but this winter – things in pots. So if, if there's people out there to do, do a lot of pot gardening, let me know. Not pot, pot. Not, Whoa. Oh, no, no. I, I got know a couple of guys. I bet, you, I bet you do. Hold on. I got to, you. I forget. If you, if people are out there who are putting their vegetables in pots, let me know how to do that. I'm not skilled at that. Remember, I've got a seven month old puppy too. So and he's a great Pyrenees and that dude will have those, those, those things will be sitting out in the front yard. So I don't know how, how high I've got to put it, do I cage it off or whatever? So, but I do that. I love I love winter gardening. That is cool for me because lettuce just keeps going. If you can get it done right now, BK, it'll go all the way till April, to the end of April before May. You know, it'll it'll still last, but now I can't put it in the ground because the dog, if I don't have it caged off, that dog will absolutely pull. He pulls out my regular stuff. Oh, you your know? dog pulls out? Yeah, he's a, he's a ridiculous little dog, you know, and he's about to go on, you know, once he gets to one year, you know, he may have to get Dr. Snip Snip maybe to calm him down. I know there are people who are probably against that and having well, your dog. you just neuter. said your dog pulls out, so I don't think you have to worry about no, it. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want – that's a big dude to start trying to hump you. When he gets to – you know, he's big as it is. So if that dude gets to be a year old and he starts getting on that humping thing, look out. Yeah, let me tell you, I've met that dog a couple of times, and I wouldn't call him a great Pyrenees. I'd call him an average Pyrenees right now. Yeah, he's now. pretty average. He's he's the dumbest pet that I've ever had in my life, and that includes <laughs> turtles. Uh, I mean, I was I grew up snakes and turtles, bringing them home, putting them in, putting turtles in the bathtub when I was a kid. This one by far is the dumbest animal that I've ever been around, mm. and that's say that's saying a lot. I mean, I've had three three great Pyrenees, but this is just the dumbest pet. Period. I mean, I, I once had a bird, uh, you know, my, my first wife, when we were living in a condo out right outside of Brookline, Massachusetts, that I got one of those big green parrots. I thought it would be cool to have one of those parrots. And, oh. dude, that thing never stopped squawking and making noise at this apartment. The only way you had to do is you had to cover it up. You had to put a cover on the top of it. Then it would shut up in total darkness. You lifted that cover. That thing was squawking and everything. Dude, I, I eventually got to the balcony and threw that sucker up in the air and he flew away. I, I we just couldn't do it. It what, cost what? hundreds of dollars. That was like, the, uh, you paid hundreds of bucks for that thing. Oh, it just squawked and it screamed and made all, and it became a wild parrot after I threw it off the balcony and it took off. Yeah. Like, or right, it didn't come back. It didn't come back to my, no, they, they never do like <laughs> Brooks and Shawshank redemption. You, know? you, you let that thing go and he's going. <laughs> Those, those, going, bird, those birds don't want to be trapped in cages. I've never understood the pet bird. I'm not a big bird guy in general, 
I, they're just they're, they annoy me. Uh, but I really don't get why people would spend money to have a bird as a pet. You know, yeah, really. Eat, I mean, what's you their do? own, but that's like that's they're just obnoxious. And they're, they're gonna crap all. They're gonna crap. If you take it out of the cage, it's just gonna crap all over the house. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah, everywhere. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. The soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated, and do be safe out there. Amen to that. 512-222-9328. That's the code of text line if you're listening on the app. Did get a message saying that the app keeps looping. Sometimes it does that at the very start of our broadcast. Uh, Just keep listening. It should work itself out. But we appreciate y'all tuning in on the app. We appreciate y'all tuning in on the YouTube. And how about this today, Buck? We've got a new sponsor. And we're just doing a little trade with this new sponsor. Okay. We do trades. Yeah, we do trades. Well, this trade is to help our people who tune in to us. Oh, okay. You people? Those people? Those people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the brothers, the Jews, it doesn't matter. Everybody can get in on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our friends at Cabo Bob's are hooking you people up for the rest of football season. And we might be working some out for basketball and baseball, too. Now you're talking. As of now, we're starting with just football. And every week following a Texas Longhorn win, we're going to be giving one of you a $150 catering gift certificate wow. to Cabo Bob's. Now, hey, if the Longhorns lose, which none of us hope that that happens anytime soon, uh, our friends at Cabo Bob's are still going to hook you up. They're going to be giving away a $25 gift card after a loss. But after a win, we're giving out a $150 catering gift certificate very nice that serves up to 10 people so if you've got an office party if you want to have people over to watch the world series this weekend or next weekend and you just want your food catered by cabo bobs and oh man if you've been to cabo bobs you know what i'm talking about if you haven't been this place is next level dude i i I feel like i keep this place in business by myself i freaking love the burritos and the bowls at cabo bobs uh they got four locations around austin They're in Houston as well. This place is legit. So we're giving one of those away today. $150 Cabo Bob's uh, catering gift certificate. All you have to do is be tuned in and either send us a text on the code of text line, 512-222-9328, or leave a YouTube comment. That's all you have to do to enter. And look, please like this video as well, (laughs) if you'd be so kind if you're watching on YouTube. But that is it. Before 10 o'clock today, uh, we are going to announce the winner of that $150 Cabo Bob's gift certificate for catering thanks to the Longhorns' win over Houston this past weekend. Buck. Very nice. Is the, does the randomizer pick it out? Does your your extreme randomizer do the picking here? The randomizer is back. That piece of crap. Come what on, do you mean, man. That piece of crap. What's wrong with the randomizer? Just go, ahead, just go ahead and roll the thing around in the little cage and call out the bingo numbers, will you? Randomizer. Steph Steph Curry starting a pod over here. Get that thing going. And our guy Jeff Howe just texted me on my personal text line. Two one. No, I'm not giving out that number. He says he's a Cabo Bob's P1. Oh, yeah. Their mango salsa is ridiculous. Yeah. Cabo Bob's is legit. Happy to have them on board and happy to be. uh, Thank you, Cabo Bobo. Yeah, giving you people uh, a little something, something for continuing to support us right here on Texas Sports on filtered all right buck we got plenty of texas football to get into but uh how about some baseball the world series is set i think a lot of people were surprised that the rangers were able to go into houston 
and win games six and seven in the American League Championship Series. But I think the surprise pales in comparison to what went down in the National League Championship Series. I mean, the Phillies went up 2-0 over the D-Bags, and that series looked over. I mean, the first two games were beatdowns, and a lot of people were talking about a sweep, or at worst, maybe this series goes five games. Like, there's no way we've got a long series in store, and Arizona's no. got no chance to actually come back and win this thing. Well, Arizona took, uh, took games three and four to even things up at two, and you're thinking, okay, well, they've got a little bit of life. But then Philadelphia won game five on the road in the desert, and the narrative once again was, ah, oh, this thing's over. The Phillies are going to the World Series. They've got two chances at home. They never lose at home in nope. the playoffs. They're going to win at least one of these games. And the D-backs took game six a couple of days ago. And then last night, winner take all, game seven, the Arizona Diamondbacks starting a rookie pitcher who had an ERA close to six in the regular season. They go into the bank and shut down that high-powered Phillies offense and pick up the game seven victory, four to two, the final score. The team that was plus 5,000 going into the playoffs, they had the longest odds of any playoff team to win the World Series. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in the fall classic, and they are four wins away from their second title in franchise history. Yeah, and, and, the, and the tall rookie for them was just firing last night. I mean, he, he made sure that he got – you know, they started out pretty good by scoring a run. The the diamond, the snakes did early. Once again, Philadelphia, I think they did answer in the second inning with a run. Yep. But after that, boy, their bats just got that kid was just closing them out. I mean, and he was he pitched a gym last night. I mean, how long did he stay? Did he stay for six innings? Yeah, the starter only went four innings. I think the biggest four. story was the D bags bullpen. Yeah. They they went five innings. I think there were five different pitchers that came out of the pen for Arizona last night. And they gave up a total of one hit and no runs. That's impressive, considering how good Philly's lineup is with Schwarber, with Harper, with Turner, with Castellanos. Yeah, Castellanos was horrible last night. Over the last couple games, he's been – I mean, he's in a slump, like 0 for 30. Yeah, I think he did end 0 for 20-something in this series. He was red hot in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs for the Phils, but he did absolutely nothing in this NLCS. Yeah, he hit a home run in the first at-bat of the series, and then he ended the series on an 0-for-23. Wow. Yeah, and he struck out a lot too. But, man, the top three of the Phillies order, like, look, Castellanos is a good player. He's been big for them. But the best three players in Philadelphia's lineup, Schwarber, Turner, and Harper, in games six and seven, they went one for 20 combined. That was it. So credit Arizona and their pitching staff for finding a way to slow down Philadelphia. But, man, yeah, you like the Phillies' best players all disappeared at the exact same time, which obviously you can't have that happen when you're trying to get back to a World Series. Yeah, and Turner had struggled in the, in the beginning of the season and then picked it up, you know, at, at the end of the season. And then all of a sudden he, he goes cold. That was a bad time for him to go cold because the, the Philadelphia fans put up with his shenanigans, you know, midway during the season when he was really, really struggling. I mean, they helped bring him back with some standing ovations, and they got him cranked up again. Then all of a sudden, he disappeared again. Yeah, swimmer has been pretty good. I mean, he's been good throughout. It was weird. Has. Like all, all three of those guys were great in the playoffs yeah. until Game Six. Like they were great in the first five games of the series, especially in the three Philadelphia wins. Uh, but they were great against the Braves in the last round, and they were great in the uh, wild card series they played too. 
But yeah, I mean, just the last two games, right? Like all you got to do is win one at home against the six seed in the National League. Uh, you talk about the Rangers limping into the playoffs a little bit. I mean, the D-Bags lost their last four games of the regular season. They got punked by the Astros in that final series of the year, and they looked like they were going to be quick outs in these playoffs. But they sweep Milwaukee, they sweep the Dodgers, and then they go into Philadelphia and win a game six and a game seven against the heavily favored fighting Phils. Yeah. And snakes yeah. alive, man. This team, they're, they're heavy underdogs already. We'll give you the odds here in a second, but – they're going to be dogs against the Rangers. Uh, and I'm sure Rangers fans were pretty happy with what went down last night. The fact yes, that they were, I'm pretty sure they were too. The worst team won. But shoot, you should not be counting out these snakes because they, uh, they've they been pretty damn good over the last few weeks, man. Yeah, they've got a couple guys that can absolutely fly on the base pads too. So, I mean, they, they stretch out, you know, they take a, a single, you know, behind a guy at first and turn it into that guy getting a third. They got guys that can move. Yeah. They do. Really, they do. really think, good athletes. Yeah, I think they uh, lead all teams in these playoffs and stolen bases. They were also the best defensive team in baseball yeah. during the regular season, which, hey, defense and pitching, that's big time at this time of the year in this sport. I think, it'll be, a, I think it'll be a good World Series. I think it'll be a seven-gamer. Might as well stretch it on out to seven again. Mm. So we've got the six-seed in the NL against the five-seed in the AL. Uh, I don't know if anybody predicted this matchup. Forget no. at the start of the season, but even at the start of the playoffs – once again, the D-Bags 50-1 to going into the postseason. The Rangers were plus 1,800. They had the second longest odds of any American League team. Once again, the Snakes had the longest odds of any playoff team to win the World Series. Uh, the Rangers, I think, minus 175 favorites in this fall classic. Boy, that's like, still a big number, it seems that's, like. That's a it? very big number. Like, if it was Rangers-Phillies, I, I don't know who the favorite would be, but it'd be a very, very close line either way. But, yeah, D-backs plus 145, Rangers minus 175. So, the folks out in the desert are uh, telling you who they think is going to win this yeah. thing. The Rangers do have home field advantage as well. But, uh, man, once again, do not take these snakes lightly. They, uh, they've got things rolling right now. They're a young team, but they're playing with a boatload of confidence. And if you can go on the road and win two games, elimination games in Philadelphia, uh, you're not going to be scared of the no. scene in Arlington. They're not going to be worried about having to go on the road in uh, some of these games in the fall classic. So there you go. The World Series is set. Game one, of course, Friday night in Arlington. No official announcement on who the starting pitchers will be, but I think it's uh, pretty safe to assume it'll be Zach Gowan for Arizona and Nathan Ovaldi for the Rangers, but uh, we'll obviously wait the next day or two and hear what that announcement is. Congrats to the D-Bags, man. Goodness no gracious. No What a run, and that bullpen has been spectacular. All right, before we uh, shift gears and get into some Texas football, because there's more Steve Sarkeesian audio that we need to unpack from his press conference on Monday, we've got more to talk about in regards to Malik Murphy, Got a little Arch Manning to discuss, and we've got to figure out if this defense can get things back on track after back-to-back disappointing performances under Pete Kwiatkowski. But Buck, I'll give you the first word today. Who do you want to give some love to? Speaking of back-to-back, how about my back? I, getting the right support has always been difficult for me, but nothing gave me the comfort that my back needed than the folks at Relax the Back. I love those folks. They get everything that I need, stand-up desk. But this chair that I'm in for my thoracic back, it is absolutely the best. Over 20 years of support that I've had from Relax the Back, I don't know what I've done would have done without Relax the Back. 
I'm telling you, I can't sit in that beach chair that you've been sitting in. It just wouldn't work for my back, wouldn't work for my thoracic, lumbar, none of it. My wonderful hips that I got swinging around here. But you, you can do that. But eventually you're going to be in a relaxed back because you want to, because you're going to get the support that you need. And the same thing for you folks out there, too. Now, they've got a store in Bee Caves at the Hill Country Galleria across from Whole Foods. And, of course, in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck at Relax the Back, folks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's time. It's been 21 minutes. There you long. go. Let's crack ah. open the uh, cherry cola olipop. We did the try. cherry cola. Here, here's a sip for you, Buck. If you want to, if you want to try some. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. I can taste yeah, I the can. ingredients. Mmm. Well, it does taste like cherry coke. That's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Olipop. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. I had to go back in for a second sip. That's the beauty of Olipop, man. All the classic soda flavors you love. Classic cola, root beer, lemon lime, if you're a Sprite fan, cherry cola, grape soda. They've got it all. And the best part about Olipop is, well, it's actually good for you. Like the buck says, you get nine grams of fiber in every can. Only two to five grams of sugar in every can. Hardly any calories in any can. This one's got 50 calories. That is it. I think that's the most I've ever seen in a can of Olipop as well. Uh, there's also prebiotics. There's plant fibers. There's botanicals. I don't know what any of those words mean, but I know this stuff is good for your digestive health, and it's good for my digestive health as well. I bought these bad boys at Target. They've got them at Target. They've got them at HEB, Walmart, Whole Foods, Costco, wherever you go to get your groceries. Make sure you're uh, adding a can or a couple of cans of Olipop to your shopping cart this stuff is a game changer. I had sworn off soda for years because of how bad it is for me. Well, this stuff allows me to basically drink soda, but also get some health benefits on the side. I love it. Shout out to Olipop. Love having them on board as a sponsor here at Texas Sports. Now um, you, had to, you had to get that at Target, huh? Yep, got this one at Target. I local 7-Eleven there. They didn't, have that, they didn't have that flavor for it, did they? Oh, they do, uh, they do carry Olipop, though. They do. They do carry Olipop. Yeah, we can give some love to our friends at 7-Eleven right now. It's morning, yes. Yep. And you're uh, are you getting a hard copy today? I missed out on the hard copy yesterday because I was working the fields again. So hard copy on hump day. Yes, I will get I will get the hard copy today for sure. The Austin American Statesman or whatever mm -hmm. brand they have there. That's you know, every once in a while, I'll pick because it's garbage. <laughs> you know, everyone, every once in a while, I'll pick up the Dallas Morning News there, too. They've got that. Okay. <clears throat> I don't mess with the Wall Street Journal way too much, way too sophisticated for me and expensive. Did you say you're working the fields today? Yes, I was working the fields a little bit yesterday for my garden, my 15 by 15. Mm. And that wasn't fun with that stupid dog sitting on the pile of dirt that I had. To, <laughs> I mean, why sit right on the top of it? I mean, really, sit to Puppy, the top man. Huh? He's a puppy, man. He doesn't know better. Sure he does. Just roll to the side. What are you, king of the mountain, dog? You don't sit right at the top of the pile. Mm. My goodness. That's that pile I have to get up on the truck, step up on the truck. I'm trying to even out the soil there, and that dude's sitting on the top like he's the lion king, you know? Mm -hmm. That's dope. Yes, but I love 7-Eleven. I'm going to give myself maybe, my wife may not hear, a little Debbie's today. Whoa. Double, double decker. Little double decker oatmeal cream pie. Oh, because oh. you are a cream pie fan. We have established that. Oh, yes, that. I am. Mm, mm, mm. 
Oh, man. Shout out to 7-Eleven. Love those folks. I might have to stop by 7-Eleven today, too, for gas for my car, but also a couple of snacks as well. All right, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, We'll start with the quarterback conversation and then uh, talk more about this Texas defense. A game plan for the Longhorns. Look, I I think we kind of have come to know what to expect from Quinn Ewers. He's been this team's starting quarterback for like a year and a half now. We really don't have any idea what to expect from Malik Murphy. I'm confident that he can go out there and play well, but we're talking about a guy who has eight career passing attempts at the collegiate level, and obviously this will be Malik Murphy's first career start this Saturday. Sark on Monday was asked about coming up with a game plan for Malik Murphy, and hey, maybe one for Arch Manning too, just in case. No, I mean, I I think in the end is we got to take our time as a coaching staff, uh, which we started on yesterday, what are the things that Malik does well? What are the things that Arch does well? It's not always about the idea of the play and putting it on a whiteboard because there's a lot of plays that look good, but what do they do well? And then how do we ensure, okay, here's the concepts that we think they run really well. They don't have to run the whole playbook. They need to run what they run really well. And then how do we devise a plan that incorporates what they do well with the personnel formation, motion shifts, run game, to tie it all together. And so uh, that that's kind of how you do it. You know, um, I, I, I think it's important that they get confidence early is always helpful, but you never know how a game's going to go. These guys are elite competitors. Uh, I'm not concerned about them, you know, fighting through when adversity strikes, but I do want to make sure that I'm, I'm giving them the opportunity to do the things that they've shown us that they're good at and that they like, um, because, you know, Saturday does is going to be a test enough it doesn't need to be a final exam as far as, you know, let's test them on and things that they might know or might not know. I, I want to test them on the stuff that I know they know really well. Uh, I hope they get 100%. This is an open book test. I hope they, I hope they play great. No, this ain't no test. You need to win this football game. You need, this, is, this, is, this isn't the final exam, but it's the start of the damn final exam for sure. I mean, you need to win the game. This isn't. You know, I, I I wrote down, Do you are you very careful? Are you careful? Do you run the offense or do you just let it fly with these guys? I mean, no matter who it is, I know you're going to try to do the things that they do best, but are you going to be – I would just say you have to be careful. I'm not going to say be very careful. I mean, the kid, it's time to go play. So you just have to be careful. You don't have to be very careful. You don't have to be overcautious about what they can do. You've seen enough of both these kids now to understand that they're pretty good. they're pretty good players. They're really good competitors. But they, can they compete now at the highest of high levels right now? Because you just can't throw you can't throw them out to the wolves and say, "Listen, be yourself." Oh no, no, no! I've got to be the coach. I've got to I got to know what you do best. That's I mean, that's what the coaching part of it is all about. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know one thing. I wrote down, "Let it fly." I don't think you can let it fly. It's too soon to just let it fly. But your defense, I know he's going to talk about that. Your other guys have to step up. Your defense now who we kind of are seeing what this defense has been over the last couple of weeks. And it ain't been that good except for against the run. Everything else has been kind of kind of helter-skelter. So they're going to have to straighten that out. The defensive guys and the, and the defensive staff are going to have to look at, at their players and say, guys, we got a brand-new quarterback in here. It's going to be up to us to do the – we're going to have to do go beyond what we've been doing for sure. Yeah. Or, hell, we're just going to have to get back to playing solid defense. Forget going beyond. We just need to play solid defense – we were pretty good when we were solid, but when we're when we're kind of lousy in the secondary and in the linebacker level, 
it's 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 a problem. We have to be much much better. We got to help out the young quarterback. Yeah, the defense has to be better than it has been over the last couple of weeks. And I think we saw through the first month and change of the year that they are capable of playing better than what they've done in the last two games against Oklahoma and Houston. But I did really like that answer. Like Trey and I were talking about this yesterday. I thought that was a great answer from Sark. I mean, there there are a lot of coaches who would just say, ah, next man up, we're running the same offense. No. Like that's what we're doing. Like that, he he knows the offense just like the starter knows the offense. No, so he's no, going to he really do what the starter that. does. Yeah, I mean Sark has always been described as a quarterback whisperer, and his offenses have always been described as quarterback friendly. And I think that answer that he gave you right there uh, explains why both of those have been the case. And that's what you have to do. I mean, coaches are problem solvers. It is a problem when your starting quarterback gets hurt, and you've got to find a way to solve that problem. And you have to find a way to develop a game plan that is going to maximize the talent of the guy that is inserted into the starting lineup. Yeah, so, what are the plays that he runs well? What does he do at practice? Bingo. You see him over and over and over. I mean, if he throws that, I mean, that pass was open last week in, in the zone there, and he just was a little excited. But that's his ball right there. That was open. I mean, if he gets that ball down, that's a hell of a start for him and a hell of a completion down the field. Those type of things I think he can do. I think they got players that can get in the zones you know, and, and and give him some of these little hookups. The tight end can do the same. But one thing you can't have is a young guy in a football game that's so hyped up that he's overthrowing balls because those overthrows generally go into the safety's hands, you know? You ever heard of the band Kiss? Yes. Yeah. Well, Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they sang a song like that. They had a few other songs that were more popular than that if they did. But uh, that's what this offense needs to be. Keep it simple, stupid. Like – I don't know what Malik Murphy is good at. I don't know what he's bad at because the only Malik Murphy I've seen from him, the spring game, the fourth quarter against Rice, and then the two throws he made on that final possession against Houston. Like that's that's all that we have seen right. from Malik Murphy in his college career. Plenty of high school tape. Yeah, he looked great in high school. Well, he was playing at a small school in California. So uh, not to take anything away from Malik Murphy, but obviously playing Big 12 competition in college is uh, a pretty significant step up from the talent that he was going up against in California back in high school. I think he's got a cannon for an arm. I really do. Uh, he puts zip on his balls, man. I think we, we've seen that in his eight pass attempts sure. this year is that he throws a rocket. He's got some ridiculous arm strength. Maybe he needs a little bit more touch on his footballs, but ain't no question about the arm strength right now. I mean, that guy's got an absolute cannon. What I always worry about with young quarterbacks, especially guys making their first ever start, is how quickly can they process information and how quickly can they slow the game down? Sounds like an oxymoron, but I think you know what I mean. Yes. Like, I think this game plan next, this week, obviously they've got to run the ball a lot. Like Everybody knows that Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter should get a ton of carries, and those guys need to play really, really well. And that offensive line needs to play its best game. The O-line needs to play a great game, too. I agree with that. But I think, I think we're going to see a lot of one-read throws. Sure. Texas offense this week, right? A lot of screen game, a lot of flat routes, a lot of comebacks. Now, Malik Murphy, I think, throws a great deep post. I think he can throw the ball down the field. I'm not super worried about that. But I, I just think it's going to be as easy and as simple as possible. At least that's what I think it should be. But I also think that's what Sark is going to do. Like, don't make Malik Murphy go through three, four, five progressions. Obviously, if he's capable of doing that, then shoot, that's great. We might have something really special on our hands. But redshirt freshman quarterback making his first ever college start. Give him as many one-read 
or half field read plays as he possibly can. So this moment doesn't look too big for him. For sure. And especially if it's wet on Saturday. Mm. You know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we we might have uh, wet balls to deal with the DKR. Yes, you, that and that's that's a tough for a, a kid starting this. And you know, I I I I, I liken him to um, Randall Cunningham, but Zay always tells me, dude, he's not Randall Cunningham. He doesn't run like that. I said he's big like that. He goes, he goes, but he's not there to run. He's not a runner. You know, he can he can move around in the pocket, and he's big, and he can see over the top. But, but Zay always reminds me, Buck, don't don't call him that because he's not going to take off and go like Randall Cunningham down the field. He's not that type of player. I'm like, well, shit, he's big. Can he run? I mean, I'm hearing what a great athlete he is. I'm like, I'm not asking to run 4-3. I'm asking him to do the thing that Quinn did. If they turn their backs to him, can he get out of the way and go? I know he's got a better chance of lowering his shoulder on a, a linebacker than Quinn yours did. Yeah. That's for sure. I think he's more Cam Newton than Randall Cunningham. Okay. I don't think Malik Murphy's the type of runner that Cam Newton was because obviously that was a no. huge weapon for him at Auburn and in the NFL for all of those years. But is he just th- a big dude? Is that what I'm seeing? Just a big dude? He's a big dude, man. Okay. I mean, he, he tells people he's like 6'4, six, 6'5, six, but he's really 6'6 six, six, and he's close to 250 pounds. I mean, I, that 240 is just a facade. He's not, he's like closer to, to 250. Dude, the guy is built like a Greek god, too. I mean, it, it's insane. He looks like he could be a linebacker or a tight end or both. I mean, really. Like, part of me is thinking, God, could we have had that guy on the field rushing the passer over well, the last That fall down for four yards at least, right? Yeah, of course, we've talked about Malik Murphy in short-yarded situations. Like, hey, put that dude under center and run the quarterback sneak because yes. I don't know if there's anybody who could stop that guy uh, you know, from getting half a yard or a yard, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's more a Cam Newton running style. But I, I don't know how much quarterback run we're going to get in this game. Well, I'm just saying Saturday. if he can escape, if he has, to, I'm not because you know I I'm I'm thinking of the the ability to escape and get you five or six yards mm-hmm. and get down. Or if you're going to take on somebody, I'm I'm not advocating taking on guys because you're big. You know, I just can can he escape enough to get you first downs and things like that instead of throwing picks or trying to throw it into a crowd, will he pull it down? I mean, that that's the stuff I, I, I want to know about him. But, you know, Zay reminds me, no, dude, he's not that kind of runner. No, 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 no. And you can't turn the ball over if you're Malik Murphy. right? No. Like, I, I don't expect this Texas passing game to be as good as it has been this season. Yeah, but they have uh, to protect him, too. They have to, they, This offensive line has got to play like we were expecting them to play. And right. they've got enough bumps and bruises on the offensive line as it is, too. Yep. But it doesn't yeah. matter. Nobody wants to hear any of that. We got bumps. We got bruises. We got no, no, no. We're trying to, you're still trying to get to a championship here. Well, the O line's pretty healthy. I mean, they got Jake Majors back against Houston and he, he looked pretty good. I was yes, kind of impressed by Jake Majors. I mean, I thought that guy was going to have to miss a couple of more games. So when he did come back, I was thinking, no, oh, maybe they rushed him back a little bit out of desperation. And I don't know if he's going to be ready to play. Well, no, he looked, he looked ready to play. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, this offensive line, a little banged up depth-wise, but they've got their starters, so they have every reason to uh, have a good game this Saturday against BYU. Yeah, everyone's got to step up. Like, the, the everything's got to be more efficient and effective offensively. Once again, I don't know what to expect from this passing game, but I'll tell you what pissed me off last weekend against Houston, the fact that A.D. Mitchell had the same number of catches as Burt Auburn did. 
Like that, that's unacceptable. The fact yeah, that Sark fade away. Yeah. What is the deal with that? The fact that Sark is talking about, you know, Jonte Cook getting more playing time coming off the bye week. And that guy had zero catches against Houston last week. And it felt like he was barely on the field. Like, and that was with your starting quarterback playing, you know, most of the game. Yes. So, like, just the passing game looked so bad as the game progressed. Obviously, Quinn Ewers got off to that tremendous, tremendous start in the first half, but then just everything collectively kind of fell apart for Texas. Uh, God, these receivers. I mean, like you said, everybody's got to step up. The O-line, the running backs, the defense, but the receivers also have to do a good job of winning their one-on-ones. Because you know, if BYU's smart and Kalani Sataki's smart and he's a defensive guy, and, you know, he's got familiarity with Steve Sarkeesian because those guys coached together. And, of course, Sark played at BYU. Those guys are friends. They both talked about it at their press conference on Monday. Uh, Kalani Sataki's going to load the box. He, he knows what we're talking about. He knows what every Texas fan is talking about. He knows the game plan is going to be feed Brooks. Like, Texas is going to try to run the football early and often to take the pressure off of Malik Murphy. Absolutely. Kalani Sataki's not going to be like, ah, no, I'll just put six or seven in the box and – uh, no, he's going to load the box to try to stop that, and he's going to try to make Malik Murphy beat you. So this passing game, they've got to find a way to make some place, some place on Saturday if Texas is going to uh, win this game. and No doubt. They need to control their own destiny here in the Big 12 Conference. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I just I, I think you just have to be careful. You don't have to be very careful, but you also don't want to put this guy in a situation where he has to – win the games. He's just got to manage the offense, really, because you're still, no matter what they try to do, you still ought to be pretty good running the football against this group. Yeah. They want to load that box. I love Jonathan Brooks. When, when you load the box and somebody's just out of, out, of spot, out of their spot, they better be in the right gaps because this guy is going to, if you stick your arm out there, he's going to be gone. And if you got everybody up front, you know, if everybody's dropping in coverage and they're in that box, because he generally breaks a couple tackles themselves. He makes some great cuts inside. In crowded situations, he can get some big runs off this week uh, against this defense if they're going to if they're going to do that. But they're going to they're going to pressure this quarterback. They're not going to sit there just loading the box. They're bringing people from some different angles too. Yep, I would think so too. And obvious passing downs, they'll uh, you know, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll go a lot of one on one on the outside. So the Texas receivers will have to win their matchups. But obviously, Malik Murphy is going to have to put the ball on the numbers. Uh, a few different times. Let's hear another one from Sark. He is talking about the Kalani Sataki defense. We'll flip over to the Texas defense here in a moment, but one more from Sark talking about his offense going up against Sataki's defense. If you think about Kyle Whittingham and and those great defenses that they've had at Utah over the years and and Kalani and Jay were there for for a lot of those years, that's a very aggressive style, very attacking, uh, attack the line of scrimmage. Defensive line is penetrating um you know they're, they're trying to get into the backfield um you know I, I think they they have a lot of confidence in their players and in their scheme um they do a good job on first down second down of mixing things up and on, on third down how can they get to the quarterback but in the end they're ball conscious and and you see the turnovers and when they come and why they come. I think their players are really aware uh, the coverages that they're playing, and I think that goes back to coaching. You know, those guys are good coaches. They've been doing it a long time. Got a ton, a ton of respect for them. Well, don't start out with the swing screen to Xavier Worthy because they're waiting for that one, Coach. <laughs> if, if there's motion and you're going to swing it out and try to outflank them, I'm going to say this, Coach. They will be waiting there for that play. Hey. If that's going to be your, if you're going to get your quarterback off to a, a good start, and you said a simple swing screen to Xavier Worthy, 
I got to believe they're thinking the same thing. If my dumb ass is sitting here thinking it, they're saying, okay, they like to run that swing screen out to Xavier Worthy to get him to, to get, get your quarterback a reception and get Worthy going. They're probably thinking the same thing too. I will say this that play did work against Houston. Now, it didn't work against Oklahoma. It got blown up for a loss of two. And then I, didn't, I didn't see the first play. I missed the first play. Don't, please don't tell me it was that. It was it that play again? Yeah, not the exact same. They had different blockers. Oh, out no. There. Oh, well, oh, of course they had a different blocker. They figured it out that JT Sanders is not the, the blocker that you need out in front of that screen. No. Wow. Yep. They figured it out, but they did. Oh, start no. It's, well, it's coming. It's coming. He's not gonna let he's not gonna let you down. He's gonna do it some way, some maybe he'll go to Whittington this time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it didn't work against Houston. I wanted to point that out there. I think Texas. A lot got of a things first worked down. against them. It was 21 to nothing. Yeah, early on, everything was working against Houston. And then later on, nothing was working against Houston. Uh BYU's defense ranks eleventh in the conference in terms of yards per game allowed. I think they're sixth in scoring defense in the Big 12 right now. Uh, they're giving up 5.6 yards per play on the season. It's it's an average to slightly below average defense in terms yes. of most statistical metrics when you compare them to the rest of the teams in the Big 12 and really when you compare them to all the teams across college football as well. So this is not, you know, the a, a vaunted wrecking crew style defense that's coming to town. This ain't the steel curtain or anything like that that Texas no. is going to have to deal with. That's That's the good news there. The bad news is, BYU's coming off of a game in which they had five takeaways. Now, they played Texas Tech, and Texas Tech had its third-string quarterback, a true freshman by the name of Jake Strong, who, uh, boy, if you're a Texas fan, you hope you get to see this kid on Black Friday because he sucks. Sure. He's he's just not ready right now. No, he's not ready. uh, He did not look good in Provo last week against BYU. BYU does have 15 takeaways as a defense this season. Once again, five of them came last week, so that stat is a little bit inflated, but uh, Sark talked about it. Like they go after the football. They've got some ball hawks on that defense and they want to pressure you to force you into some mistakes. And you know, they're going to do that. Hell, they do that against Quinn Ewers, right? To see if they can get Ewers to make sure, mistakes. Of course. That's not a, just because you've got a guy starting his first game at quarterback, we're going to do that. But especially because they're going up against a guy who's making his first start at quarterback. You think they're, uh, they're not just going to sit back and oh no, let him do what he wants. They're going to get after him and see if they can force him into some mistakes. Yeah, what they want is they want the turnovers. They want the high throws. They want to see what he is like under pressure. As I said, they may put a bunch of guys in the box, but those guys ain't staying in the box just to stop the run. They're coming. When it's when it's a throwing down, they're going to see if this quarterback and what he can do under pressure. It's his first game. You should pressure him. You shouldn't sit back there or just wait to stop the run. You want to find you you want you want to see not only is he accurate enough, but with the pressure in his face, will he throw balls that he probably shouldn't throw? Will he get rid of the ball? You know, when, when they're running him sideline to sideline, is he going to throw the ball up in the stands, which he should? Or is he going to try to make a play, force a play in there that he probably shouldn't try to play to do? It's going to be that's going to be the that's going to be the cat and mouse game with this defense. They're not just sitting there to stop the run. They're bringing some of those guys that are close to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, against Texas, they're going to find out if they can handle the twist and the stunts and stuff like that uh, with this guy at quarterback. So if you can puncture this defense with your run, they're going to be very careful. I'm saying, BK, they'll be very careful on putting too many in the box against this Texas run. If this offensive line really gets cranking and this run game gets going, boy, they'll start saying, there's nobody behind us when we have all these guys here. Our, our guys are running back with these receivers running all over the place. Yeah. And a guy like Jonathan Brooks or C.J. Baxter is now in our secondary running loose. 
We don't want that either because that's demoralizing to us. Yep. You hope Texas can run the ball early yes. and often, and then that obviously sets up the play action too, which just makes life so much easier for any quarterback. So uh, that's the big thing. BYU's got the ninth-ranked rush defense in the Big 12 out of 14 teams in terms of yards per game. They're 11th in terms of passing yards per game allowed. Once again, this is an average-to-below-average defense that uh, Texas is going up against, even though BYU is 5-2. and two, Yes. Uh, you know, they're off to a decent start this year. I will say, like, their most impressive win of the season at the time it happened was at Arkansas. Well, Arkansas sucks, and they just fired their offensive coordinator, and they're two and six. So BYU was like a two to three touchdown underdog in that game, like they are coming into this game. But like at the time, it was like, oh shoot, like BYU might actually be really, really good. Uh, well, I think it's more of just Arkansas is really, really bad right now, and BYU's two conference wins are, or two of their conference wins are against Cincinnati and Texas Tech. Uh, they got boat raced by TCU in Fort Worth. Right. Just got boat raced by K-State last week, which make it make sense. I don't know how. And then Cincinnati. And the other wins for BYU this year, Sam Houston State, who's in its first year of FBS football. They're 0-7. Sounds like a lot of home game wins. And then Southern Utah. I don't know what the hell that is. I didn't know there was a South Utah. I, I'm already confused that there's a Are Virginia. these home wins? Are these all home wins? Are they not? Have they won on the road? Uh, the Arkansas game was their one road win. Okay. But they are they are 0-2 in conference play. They lost in Lawrence. Pretty close game. They were they were with KU for a while. KU pulled away late and I think won by 11 or something like that. Uh, and then once again, they got just destroyed in Fort Worth by TCU. So, um, yeah, like I like BYU. Once again, they're five and two. I think their record is a little bit inflated by a relatively soft schedule to this point. But like they're good enough to beat you if if you turn the ball over a bunch. Right. And, uh, like they've got talented players and shoot BYU. I mean, they're four and one against Texas all time. Like I know they none got of some players. old dudes on their team. too. Yeah. They got a bunch of 30 year olds, man. Like that's, that's not fair. I don't know how that <laughs> They should be better every year with all the old ass guys that they have, but they again, used to be outstanding, man. Yep. Back in the day when they had those great quarterbacks and wide receivers, they were, and a, and a, and a really good running back and some good old linebackers. There were, Looked like they were NFL players when they came out of high school. After they went on their mission and came back, they were all of a sudden 27 years old. They used to be fantastic, man. Who's the best player in BYU history? Detmer? Did they have a dude named Robbie Bosco? Steve that Young. Dude? Steve Young. Yeah. Steve Young was their best player. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be I Steve Young. I'd say Steve Young was their best quarterback. Yeah, especially when you – Consider what he did in the NFL. Jim McMahon went there too, right? That's right. Yeah, they've always had they've had some pretty good quarterbacks. Now they've got Keaton Slovis this year. And Mike asks if BYU's quarterback is a runner or pocket passer. He is as pocket passer as you can be. This guy is like You're not gonna turn into that other guy, is he? No, no. This is Texas. They are playing Texas. Dude, Keaton Keaton Slovis like he's a statue back there. That's the good news for the Texas defense is BYU can't run the ball at all, and they don't have to deal with a running quarterback like they've had the last couple of weeks. And I know Donovan Smith didn't take off and run hardly at all for Houston last weekend. He but, didn't have to. Why run when you can throw? Yeah, no kidding. But you could tell Texas was game planning for that. Like, they had a lot of guys in spy throughout the course of the game. Sure they did, yeah. weary of Donovan Smith being able to take off and run. But, yeah, he, he didn't have to because – Oh, another crossing route. Here it comes again. Oh, no. Here it comes. Oh, no. What's you think they'll see on? some crossing routes this week? 
Oh my God! Does a one-legged duck swim in a circle? Of course they will. Do they have a little walk-on that'll run across the field and catch the ball? Yeah, and he's going to be thirty-two years old too. <laughs> he's going to be a grocery store clerk. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Oh God, no! I, I just would you ever consider playing football at BYU? Like, if I had one D one scholarship offer to play college football, and it was from BYU, I'm not doing it, man. I'm going to play D2 or – They have some restrictions there on campus too. You can't have sex and you can't drink. And you can't drink coffee. That's right. The coaches can't – they can't have caffeine, can they? No caffeine, no. Oh, Which... I, I, uh, I, I couldn't coach there. I know that. I got to have my coffee. They got to be sneaking that stuff, right? <laughs> like you, you, you have coffee at home before you leave kind of thing? Oh, oh well, you have a gallon before you leave. Oh my God! You can't, you can't, you have, can't sex have sex and you can't either. drink, dude. You can't have sex. That well, how would like how in college? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine going through college with not being able to do either of those things, or throw the caffeine in there too? Like, look, hey, your religion is your religion. Believe what you want to believe. Do what yes. you want to do. I, I mean that. I'm a man of very strong faith. There are things in my religion that I do that I'm sure people are like, "What the hell is that?" But golly, that like from 18 to 22 to not drink and then or... they go on a mission and they can't get any yeah they're going oh they, they come back like grown-ups what the heck now hold on they can't have like 10 wives i think which okay nice balance there good job you got that <laughs> one right latter day saints but golly like i just i can't even fathom that dude i wouldn't be able to make it god bless those who can i would I be would... in the principal's office a lot I, yeah, I would have gotten kicked out of school like two weeks in. What do you mean? Like I'd be, I'd be going, having sex, and then telling everybody I had sex. And then you're, yeah, aren't over. you supposed? To, and you're supposed to tell on yourself too, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There was a, well, I think Brandon Davies was his name, a BYU basketball player a few years ago. Uh, I think when Jimmer was there, like maybe the second best player on that BYU team, told on like, himself. Told on, yeah. He said with his girlfriend, like they weren't married, so it wasn't kosher. Like with his girlfriend, he and he's like, Yeah, I did it. And I just want to let you guys know I did it. And they said, Okay, you're out. He gone. <laughs> oh man. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like that's our guy Heavy says, nobody wants 10 wives. One is enough. <laughs> you know, when one's bothering you, you go, uh, oh. and the other one's got problems, and you have to deal with that, and you just go. The Down other the eight's got problems with that one. Yes, no. Oh, God bless. God bless everybody over there. That's right. I, it's amazing that they're half decent in football with, with those. You think Notre Dame is tough recruiting restrictions. That, that to me, is the toughest place to recruit in the entire world. Uh, look, if you're Mormon, it makes sense. You go play there. But if you're not Mormon, like Keaton Slovis, their quarterback, who started at USC, that guy's not Mormon. No. So to get him out there, like that's – oh, man. All right, as our guy Rue says, hey, we've got 130 people watching on YouTube right now. First of all, thank you. Second of all, please like this video. And if you're just tuning in, a reminder, at some point during today's show, we're going to be giving away a $150 catering gift certificate from our friends at Cabo Bob's. That's right. All you have to do is comment if you're watching on YouTube or text us on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. Doesn't matter what you comment. Doesn't matter what you say. You just send us something. Let us know that you're here today, and uh, you've got a shot to win 
$150 catering gift card from our friends at Cabo Bob's. All right, Buck, before we shift gears and talk about the Texas defense going up against the BYU offense, about another word from one of our fantastic sponsors. And that would be Covert B Cave. We love the folks at Covert's. We love the Covert family. They've been doing this since 1909, the Covert family, selling cars and trucks in Central Texas. Now, they've got Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto. They've got Covert Lincoln and Ford right here in Austin. But out in B-Cave, they've got 42 acres of unbelievable automotive excellence for sure. Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And if you need your car service, they've got 86 service bays out there. And you're talking about places really spotless. It is so clean out at that place. Yes, I could eat a meal off the floor at the service department there for sure. I, I won't, but I could. And that place is magnificent out there. And the lot is filled with cars and trucks. You go out to some dealerships and you're wondering, well, where the hell are the cars? Well, folks, they haven't been shipped there yet. They're, they're on hold for the next six months or so. But if you go out to Covert B Cave, out there off of 71, you're going to see a packed house of all the different types of vehicles that you're looking for, for sure. Visit them at covertbcave.com to find out information on their weekly, weekly sales that they have out there. And when you're there, say hello to Dan Covert, of course, Mike, the general manager, Stacy, the boss out there, Jerome and the whole gang. And folks, nobody beats that Covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. Excited to be back out at Covert this Friday for our pregame luncheon. Free food provided by our friends at Smokey Moe's Barbecue and Verde's Mexican Perea. Mm. Come out and join us this Friday afternoon. We'll be there from uh, 12 to 1, maybe 11.30 to 1 if you want to yeah, get Yeah, come see us. Come say hello to us. Yeah, yeah should be a, a ton of fun. You can check out those cars and trucks and SUVs at Covert. You can enjoy a free meal on us. That's right. We've got you covered this Friday. How about a word from our friends over at AV? consultations hi this is tom mckay with audiovisual consultations scientific data proves it size does matter the bigger and wider your television is the better football season is here and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready new flat screens projection video dolby true hd surround all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service so call us at 255-8678 that's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com Love Tom McKay and audiovisual consultations. And folks, if you got a chance, you're up on Burnett Road, 5222. Go say hello to Jay and Sue Patrick over there and, and, and buy one of the beautiful gifts that they have. They've got all kinds of Texas-themed items out there. I'm headed by there today, BK, of course, to say hello to, to Sue and Jay Willems. Uh, it'll be that's That place has got it all. The gifts that you want, the gifts that you want to give to a Longhorn fan or not a Longhorn fan, give it to them any doggone way. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I've not, I'm not seeing any Aggie gear in there, but they may have some stuff hidden in there because they are Texas themed. And so, go by Sue Patrick's. You know, they've got free parking and they've got easy parking. Get out of your car, walk right into the store. That's how simple it is out there on uh, Burnett Road. Love that place, Sue Patrick. Yep, drove by Sue Patrick yesterday, and yeah, their parking lot is massive. Free parking in Austin, tough to find these days. They've got it at Sue Patrick. Shout out to them. And a quick shout out to Jack Allen's Kitchen. I think both oh. of us, I think both of us went to separate Jack Allen's yesterday. Uh, I had uh, lunch and a couple of drinks with Hardball Harge, who, of course, you can listen to right here from eleven to noon every single day on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Yep, I went. O- I went over there because I wanted to get my wife because she loves the the rainbow trout from Jack Allen's down in Oak Hill. So while I was there waiting, I did it again. I had to have some of that jambalaya. 
You know, Jack Allen's has never that got their homemade jambalaya. It is so good. Two days in a row. Two days in a row. Yeah, That's it's not overspiced. You know, you sometimes you get that jambalaya, and they give bring you the hot sauce. Well, they still have the hot sauce, and I put a hot sauce on it. And I'm not that that guy. I don't like a lot of spices in my stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm not totally Hispanic. I'm just partly Hispanic, so I don't put a lot of that hot stuff in there. But I threw some in there yesterday and jammed it right down my. Oh, is that tasty? Two days yeah. in a row. Jammed it right down your what? My gullet. Ugh. And yeah. hold on here. You're only part Hispanic. What what part of you is Hispanic, dude? It's in the eyes. Huh? Yeah, it's in the eyes. It's in it's in these eyes, yes. Uh, I have Spanish eyes. What what does that mean? Where do they come from? Spain. You know the trip <laughs> I wanted to go there, Delta Airlines. We got to Spain. I told you I Yes, I got Spanish eyes. Yes, you you went to Spain one time, and now you're claiming to be part Spanish. Yes, how does it's that hard. work? Easy, man. Easy. Oh, that makes zero sense. And your wife got the gay trout. The no rainbow. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. She loves. It. I love the trout there too, but I I couldn't help myself because while I was waiting for the trout dinner, the jambalaya was calling upon me. Oh, oh, was that delicious? Yeah, shout out to delicious at that place. And of course, I had double pimento cheese and crackers while I waited. Yes, sir. It's good stuff right there. Yeah, you were at the the outside bar. The outside patio was going yesterday. It was nice, nice Mm -hmm. out. No rain, but man, oh man. I love Jack Callen's Oak Hill. I I love that area. I love that particular um, restaurant in that area. I've been going there for years. Ever since the Oak, way before the Oak Hill fires, you don't, you won't remember that. You won't recall that at all. Huh. But you know, they once had a really bad fire, and that whole Oak Hill area was just about on fire. It's hard to mm-hmm. believe. But you're like, where are the trees down there? Well, there's trees. They call it Oak Hill. Yes. Wow. Was it that damn bear who started the fire? <laughs> was that that wasn't Smokey? You know, I keep every time there's a fire around, that guy is there, and everyone's he's telling people to not start fires, but. Telling you how to put your campfires out and everything. Why does it always? Why does it always have to be a fire, Smokey? Why is he always around the fires? My <laughs> question. Maybe that's who Billy Joel's looking for when it comes to starting the fire. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm worried about that damn bear. Right Love there. Jack Downs. Love yes, Jack Gilmore. Yes, indeed. Great, great spot. All right, let's talk some Texas defense. Um, we've got a cut first from post game after Texas's win over Houston this past Saturday, and the secondary got torched. I mean, Donovan Smith. Houston's quarterback had a career high in passing yards. If you watch the game, you don't need stats. The eye test told you the whole story that the Texas secondary got exposed as that game wore on down there in H-Town. Here's Sark from Saturday talking about fixing the Longhorn secondary. First of all, we got to figure out which guys we're going to have back there, you know, and then, and then two, you know, part of it is the secondary part of it is, you know, getting the rush, um, to where we can affect that quarterback more and force a few more errant throws um, because the running game was pretty much null and void. You know, we did a great job defending the run, um, but, but we've got we to find a way to, to eliminate passing lanes um, and to play tighter coverage and then force some errant throws. You know, if people are going to throw it that much, we've got, we've got to create some interceptions. We've got to create some sacks, some sack fumbles. Well, if you know the quarterback is going to be in one spot, if the quarterback, if there's a party at the quarterback this week, this is the guy, right? This is the statue that's going to be back there, you know, that five or six-step drop. You know exactly where he's going to be. He's not going to be scrambling to the outside. 
He's not throwing on the run. So you can go get him. And they've got to pressure the quarterback this week. This last week, you know, they did force a fumble. That was one of the goals. He got it done. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for, I was looking for three turnovers. They didn't get did they get three last week? No, they got two. But I was looking for three last week. You're gonna to have to help this quarterback out right here. You're gonna to have to help your young quarterback. You're gonna need multiple um uh turnovers this week against BYU. You have to. How much of a running threat is Keaton Slovis? Through seven games this year, he has negative 49 rushing yards. He's not a threat. Obviously, that's sack yardage accounting for the negative number. But, like, okay, quarterbacks who can run are able to overcompensate for the sack yardage and still have good rushing totals, right? Like Sam Ellinger got sacked a lot at Texas. Well, he still ran for hundreds and hundreds of yards every single year, right? Donovan Smith was still very positive in his rushing yards, even though he had been sacked a lot at Houston. So yeah, like that, that tells you everything. You don't have to worry about a dual threat quarterback uh, this weekend at all. And BYU's offense. I mean, they're dead last in the big 12 in terms of total offense. Now they're, you know, closer to the middle of the pack. Well, I think they're 11th out of 14th in terms of points per game. So I guess they're better in that category, but they are dead last out of 14 teams in this conference in terms of yards per game. They cannot run the football. I mean, if you thought Houston, couldn't run like going into the Texas game. And you thought Oklahoma couldn't run going into the Texas game. BYU is averaging 2.78 yards per carry. That is dead last in college football. So that is their biggest weakness. And Texas's defense's biggest strength is stopping the run. Right. So this should be like a, a very one-dimensional offense that Texas is going against. The scary part is, though, if you're a Texas fan, well – your secondary sucks, so you're saying it's going to be a passing game, BK. Yes, I am, but that should worry you a little bit because this Texas secondary is banged up, and the guys that have played for this team as of late have just not got yeah, the job. That, well, they're playing like a one-dimensional defense right now, and that's stopping the run. That's what they're playing. That team is looking at, at Texas the same way Texas is looking at them. We can't run it, but guess what? They can't stop the pass. I mean, this is – this is, a, this is a total joke of what's going on in this secondary right now. These are players that I watched last year that I thought would be so much better coming into the following year. You know, they were really good. They were solid players. They understood the schemes. And now they're all chasing guys all over the field. Who's got that guy? That, that guy's got that guy. And I can't – this will not be the week for Sark to say on Monday, you know what, they did some things differently. Well, yeah, they're going to do a lot of things differently, Coach. You don't have the same quarterback – I hope you don't come on Monday and said, well, we weren't expecting them to do this against Malik Murphy. Well, expect it because they're going to do some things that you haven't seen before because you got a new quarterback and you understand what kind of pressure they need to put on this quarterback. But defensively, they're not doing anything any different. I mean, offensively, they're not doing anything any different, BK, to this defense. They're just going to run their offense and they're going to look at the last couple of games and say, what the hell do we have to do anything any different with against this secondary? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, Sark's got to stop saying that, dude. He's got to stop. The beginning his deal by they did something a little different. That's what coaching is. That's what they do. You're paid millions of dollars to adjust, right? Like, figure it out, coach. Solve the problem. I mean, Houston still had one of the worst defenses in college football. Yes, they ran a different scheme than what you were expecting, but the talent on that defense is still. That's right. They didn't get to go get NFL players to play it. 
I mean, that is three times now in seven games where Sark has publicly confessed to that issue. Like, you could say that that can be a thing, and that was a thing. I'm not saying Sark's wrong. Like, Houston, no, 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 he's right. Completely ran a different defense. And you could say that behind closed doors. You could say that to your coaches. You could say that to the players. Guys, they did something different than what we were expecting, and it caused us problems, and we'll we'll, we'll do better at adjusting moving forward. You cannot keep saying that out loud. You sound like an idiot. And look, Texas has won six of its seven games this year. So it's not it's not that bad. If this team was four and three. That's right. He, it can't be that, that bad. You've won every game but one. Yeah, if he, if he said that after the three losses and this team was four and three, then people would be ready to fire this guy. Because they're six and one and they're number seven in the country, people can stomach it a little bit more. But it's pissing it me off. Good. I know. I'm not alone. Like that, dude, you're, you're paid a lot of money. Your coaching staff. They're also paid a lot of money to figure that out. Yes, you've been saying it all year. Everyone's going to give us our best shot, right? Yeah, that's the Their other best one. Shot. That's like all that's, right. Which, yeah, we, we got if, it. If, if everyone's going to do that, which is the case, because that happens every year, number one, but also this is the last year that most of these teams are going to be playing Texas anytime soon. You've got to expect the unexpected. Yes. You think teams are just going to do what they put on film against you every week? No. No, you've got not. better players. you got better players than they do. They understand that. Yes. So stop saying that teams are going to give us their best shot and then say, well, we weren't expecting them to give us their best shot. What? We, we weren't expecting them to do anything different. We were expecting them just to stay there so we can roll them over. Oh. God, that's it's 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 annoying. I'm 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 bothered by it. it that is starting really- to bug you. That always has bugged me with him when he said when he says that you know they did something differently than we expected. Well, that's what coaches do. They do something different. They're mm-hmm. not going to give you the game film. You're not going to get seven films from them, and it's going to be the same when they play you. You have better players than they do. That's what they do. They yep. you have better talent. They can't go bone to bone with you. You'll right. kill them. They're not stupid. It sounds like I'm pissed. I'm not pissed yet. They lose another game, and Sark says that afterwards. I'll be pissed. Right now, I'm just irritated slash annoyed. But uh, but they're going they, to do something different. You know, this week against Malik Murphy. Come on. Of course they are. Of course they are. They're going to do tons of different stuff. They're 17-and-a-half-point underdogs. They can't do what they've done all year and expect to win. They've got to make things up. I don't know if they'll make a field goal if they get the chance to put three on the board against this team. I guarantee you, if BYU is up twenty-one to seven, they will not fake a field goal on fourth and six. I <laughs> guarantee you're going to take the points. They're yeah. going to take the points, aren't they? Yeah, I hope and pray we're not in that situation. It'd be a huge problem if Texas is down by fourteen early on, and hell, Arch Manning might enter the game if that's the case. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're Kalani Sataki's not going to make that dumb of a decision. Goodness gracious. All right, more from Sark. So the first cut we played was from Saturday. We've got a couple of clips now from Monday. Sark was asked about the crossing routes. Dude, how did the crossing routes beat you time after time, like Cindy Lauper against Houston on Saturday? Here's Sark talking about doing a better job defending those crossers. Crossing routes, you know, I think in twofold hurt us. Anytime you call crossers and you're in man coverage, it's difficult when they're picking the guy that's, that's guarding the man that's catching the ball. Um, and to their credit, they did a heck of a job picking us. You know, they didn't get called for it, so you can't complain that, that, it, that that's what was happening. Um, but it's, it's pretty obvious that, if, you know, when picks occur, and we got picked a couple times, and that, it created, that created a problem. 
we had one where it was poor communication. Um, we didn't cover it properly. And one, we were in zone. And when you're in zone, that's when you really got to be able to shut those crossers down and match those routes. So I think there was th levels to it. Um, but, but inevitably, we're going to have to play it better because we're going to see a ton of crossers this week. That's one of the staples of, of what BYU does. So we're going to have to play it better. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to play it better because if they don't call the pick, it ain't a pick. To me, I don't care. If they don't call it, if a flag doesn't drop, it's just a good play. Mm -hmm. For me, I mean, you, they can do that all day long and you can say, well, he's picking this guy. He's picking this guy. I'm like, I don't think so. I just think it's a good play. Then your guys better find a way to unpick it because, dude, if they don't call it, it's just another play that you can't stop. What does tiny hands Kenny Pickett have to do with any of this? <laughs> if you can't stop it, they're going to keep doing it. And if it's yeah. not called, coach, they're still going to keep, keep on doing it. Hey, And they didn't call it once last Saturday. They might call it once or twice a game. I'm not going to call it on every single play, though. No. The, the frustrating part, like, I, I get – like, Houston had really good receivers. That was the strength of their team. That's not sure. hindsight. Like, we, we all talked about that on our shows last week leading up to the game, that Houston's best position group is their wide receivers. So, we're talking about a banged-up Texas secondary playing without Ryan Watts and Jalen Catalan didn't play and, you know, Jade Barron didn't play in the first half. Like – Okay, if you lose some one-on-ones in man coverage, that's fine. Like, crossing routes are designed to beat man coverage. Yes. So, okay, if you've got a safety matched up against a good Houston receiver, which happened a few times on Saturday, then, all right, under understand that happening. But the zone, like Sark said it there, zone defenses are supposed to be able to stop crossers. That's why teams call zone defenses when they're getting beat on those man-beater routes. And just Texas, they, they couldn't do it. Like, guys weren't where they were supposed to be. The communication was off. I mean, you saw Michael Taft like 40 different times after plays being like, why weren't you there? Why weren't you there? Like, that that to me blows my mind. It's not like PK just ran a man defense over and over again. Right. It was stubborn. And it's like, dude, try a zone. He tried a zone, and Texas didn't know how to run a zone. Like, that that blows my mind that we're this far into the season. Hell, if that happened in week one, I'd be like, these guys have had a whole offseason to learn how to run zone defense and, and know their spacing and know their responsibilities. Like, why can't they do it? But we're we're seven games into the year, and we're well, talking well, there's about – There's one for Sark right there because everybody's going to do that, Coach, from this point on. They're, you want to see something different that they've never done? They're going to be running – they're going to be running pick plays. If that's your thought, then we get picked – they're going to run it against you, and until it's called, they're going to keep running it against you. If you don't, yeah. if you don't stop it, they'll keep going because that's what good coaches are supposed to do. And, and BYU's got some big boys on the yeah. outside. Like their leading receiver, 6'4", Chase Roberts. They've got a tight end who's 6'6", who's their second leading receiver. Uh, Darius Lassiter, 6'3", on the outside. Keanu Hill, 6'4". So those are their four leading receivers this year. And every guy is at least six three, so they've got they've got some big bodies and they've got some decent receivers on that BYU team. So uh, I don't know what Texas's secondary is going to look like, man. The good news is it sounds like Ryan Watts will be back, and that guy has been desperately missed. He's probably Texas's best cover corner. He is without question Texas's best tackling corner. Yeah, corners have really struggled to tackle in the last couple of games. But I don't know if Jalen Catalan's going to play. Uh, Gavin Holmes and Terrence Brooks both got banged up in the second half of the Houston game. Uh, Jade Barron 
only played because Texas needed him to. Like, they planned on benching that guy. Not benching him. That sounds wrong. They planned on resting him last Saturday against Houston. That's why he didn't play in the first half. But they realized, oh, shit, we might lose. So we got to bring Jade Barron in. But clearly, he's not 100%. Otherwise, he would have played all four quarters last Saturday. So it's it's a banged-up unit right now. And the depth in that secondary got absolutely exposed last weekend. So even though BYU's got the worst offense in the Big 12, hell, this Texas secondary could be going against uh, Dripping Springs right now, and I'd be a little bit weary that uh, they'd give up more than they should. Yeah, it is. It's it's a shame. You know, I was expecting Jalen Catalan. For Catalan, I was, I was expecting to see a lot of him this year. But deep down inside, I knew what, I knew eventually he was going to blow himself up. He just does. I mean, yeah. that's that's the kind of player that he is. He's and 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 I, and I thought if we could get away with half the season with him playing, I don't know if we I, I don't know if we're going to get get half a season out of him because I mean when he when he blows himself up, BK he blows all the body parts up. You know what I'm saying? He okay. he is a he missiles himself in there, but that's been the way he is in his career. And yep. and they've got you know the kid Williams is a pretty good player too. And I mean he may be the best of the young ones. Because the other young ones are struggling in space. They really, really are. Yeah, Derek Williams needs to play more. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, look, he didn't have a perfect game on Saturday. But no. compare him to Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford and Michael They Taft. can't keep up with these guys. That's no. the problem. No. Yeah, I mean, Ke- Keaton Crawford right now is uh, a liability on defense. He's a great special teams player. He's yes. got a role on this team. But you can't you can't put that guy out on defense right now because he he is just lost. Out yeah, there. he's he's a struggle. If you just tell him to go to safety, just start dropping back. And he can't get back quick enough. I don't know what happened to Jaron Thompson. Right, we talked about well, this on Monday. Like that guy was it. good last year, and he got off to a good start this year. It's like ever since he, he had the drop pick in the end zone against Oklahoma, right? And like ever since that play, he's just disappeared. But he hasn't. I wish he would disappear because then we wouldn't be talking about him because we would notice him. We're, we're noticing him play bad. Like he's he has just really struggled like since that moment. So, yeah, I mean, it, even the guys who like aren't young and inexperienced right. are struggling right now. Uh, one more from Sark. Chip asked this question, by the way, Chip and Zay, every weekday from one to three. Make sure you're tuned in to them. Make sure you're tuned in all day long. We're live and local from eight to five every single day right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and uh, tell your enemies as well. But Chip asked a question. You think of the last drive of the Oklahoma game. Sorry to bring that up, everyone. Where Texas's corners were giving so much cushion to the OU receivers, right? They were 10 to 15 yards away from the line of scrimmage and OU was able to catch it and then they had space to run after the catch too. And it's like, why, why are we so loose in our coverage right now. And you saw a lot of that again against Houston on Saturday. And it's like, why aren't we jamming these guys, right? Why, why are we not playing any press right now to try to at least, you know, knock these Houston receivers or these Oklahoma receivers off their routes right at the snap. Uh, Chip asked about that question or Chip asked that question about why we're seeing so much loose coverage from these Texas DBs. And here's what Sark had to say about that. It just varies, you know, calls. Sometimes it's the call. Sometimes it's the technique. Sometimes the formation um, causes some, some adjustments. And so those are some of the things for us schematically as a staff to sort through. 
that people can't force us into some of the some of the softer coverage looks because of formations or motions that we're getting. Um, and so that's the constant evolution throughout a season of making those adjustments uh, to put our players in the best position to uh, to be successful, you know. Um, and to their credit last week, you know, I thought one thing they did when they saw us get, trying to get up there and get physical, they went to some of those crossing routes and we were getting picked. And so now you have to try to protect yourself to not get picked. And I think one of the – and it showed up on that fourth down play where Jade didn't stay tight to the line because he recognized what was probably coming and went over the top uh, to not get picked. So we could say that was softer coverage, but then he was still able to make the play. So even though sometimes we're not pressed, um, we can still play an aggressive style. And I think that that's something that, uh, that we're trying to work through. They don't have enough guys that can get up to the line of scrimmage and press you. That, that's, why, why, that's why they need to have the big guy back this week because he can get in somebody's face and put his hands on them. They don't have a lot of guys that get up to the line of scrimmage and press anybody. They get up close, but they don't get their hands on guys. Yeah. Sark kind of gave them. a bunch of answers there, right? Yes. Like she's like, well, some of our guys maybe aren't good enough at doing it. And when we tried it, it didn't work that well. And then they um, picked us. And then they picked us. And it's bad. But like at the end of it, like Sark knows it's a problem. Uh, they've got to find a way to be sure. better on the outside. And they've got to find a way to be more aggressive because you talk about wanting to be a defense that forces a lot of turnovers. Well, you need your corners to be more aggressive if that's the case. Like if sure. you're just letting teams have slants and easy crossing routes against you over 60 minutes. Well, you're not throwing interceptions on those plays. No, uh, you're making easy. completions. Those yeah, easy those throws. E- yeah. Easy pitches and catches for opposing teams. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, the whole defense has to be better. Obviously we're talking about the secondary right now and they got uh, picked apart last weekend, but you've talked about it all week. Like the pass rush, it, it's got to improve. It's got to improve. And you know, unfortunately, you can't hit the portal midseason, and you can't bring Colin Simmons here right now, but somebody on the edge is going to have to step up for Texas. And now Ethan yeah. Burke, who at times has looked good, uh, I don't think he's going to play, right? Sark called him week to week on Monday, so I assume he's going to miss at least one week uh, this game against BYU. Like, Baron Sorrell, Justice Finkley, somebody on the outside is going to have to step up and provide some pressure against Keaton Slovis this weekend if this defense is going to make a big improvement over what we've seen the last couple of games. Dude, there's nothing better than knowing where your quarterback's going to be when he drops back. I mean, film will let you know most of the time in their passing game where this guy's going to be. This is somebody on the outside's opportunity to have a great game, to really get after the quarterback, to beat his man one-on-one. Unless you're going to tell me they've got great blocking tight ends and great tackles. If this offensive line is that good, that that scares me. But I know what the defensive line is like when it comes against the run. Yeah. But for guys getting up the field and putting pressure on the quarterback, I know that it just hasn't been there. There hadn't been a standout guy. And I don't know if Collins is playing. I think he's banged up again this week too. You yeah, know? I, don't, I don't think Sark said anything about Alfred Collins in the pressure on Monday. But Collins did leave the Houston game with some sort of injury. Uh, he did play well in the first half against Houston, which was great to see. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Once again, hoping... he has a history of playing. The word "playing well" yeah. doesn't go to the next game; it goes to a particular series or something. But then, where is he? Will he be there the following week? He needs to be here this week. If he's just a little banged up, now once again, now we're at that part of the year where they're all banged up. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got to go play. They need more off the edge, and I, I don't know who's going to give it to him. 
I, I really don't. Maybe uh, more pressure up the middle. Like Devondre Sweat's probably been the best player on this defense this year, and he's a huge part of why Texas's run D is as good as it is. For sure. But maybe he's got to do a little bit more in terms of getting after the quarterback, which is uh, an absurd ask for a guy of his size. But well, when they maybe- brought Ford before, when, when they you know when he's gotten after the quarterback, he's pretty good. Yeah, he understands I mean, how to beat guys. The, the, the fear is, you know, obviously you Brits, uh, you you Brits. I don't know what that is. You bring uh, you, him. You blitz, and well, that means you take somebody away from the secondary. So, not that the linebackers have been great in coverage, right? Uh, but that that's like the best defenses at any level of this sport are the defenses that can get pressure with just four. You think about the Cowboys defense, right? Like. They don't have to blitz at all. They still sometimes do blitz, but like their front four is so good that Dan Quinn has the luxury yes. of dropping seven just about every single play, and the Cowboys can still have a great pass rush that wreaks havoc in opposing backfields. Texas doesn't have that right now, so it's it's a tough balance of shoot. The secondary is not good enough to take guys out of the secondary, but the D line isn't good enough for us to only rush four and expect to get consistent pressure. So that's that's tough. Right there. I mean, that's that's injuries. As good as Sark has recruited, maybe maybe they could have used, and I know they tried for other edge rushers in recruiting and in the transfer portal, and sometimes you just don't get everybody that you want. Uh, some of that's personnel, but they've got to find a way to work with what they've got. And, yeah, just the, the talent in certain spots on this defense. Won't be enough, it won't be enough excuses not to get to the championship no, game. No, you people, know that. People will still expect, uh, yeah, Texas to get to the Big 12 title game this year. So, they still have that goal in front of them. They've, you know, we we know what they've got to do. They've got to win yeah, out. They've got to figure. They got to figure it out. They got to win out. They got to protect the young quarterback. They've got a game plan, something that's going to work against this group at BYU. It can't be, you know, you can't do exactly what you did because people don't do that, coach. They don't do exactly what you think they're going to do. You have to do something different too. Yep. And take the points when you get the points. You got to put your 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 team in position. You got to continue to. You got to continue to work in the red zone. You know, you got to get that done. That can't be good one week, and then all of a sudden you're back to what we've seen before. It all has to continue to move forward. It can't move backwards at this part of the year, even though you've got another quarterback in there. That won't be enough excuse. Yeah, make life easy. Make life easy for Malik, man. Run the ball a lot. How about some more code red or red cat? Sure. That that worked. You talk about the red zone, right? Texas started the game two for two in the red area. One of those two was a Savion Red touchdown run. Like that play has been very successful. Do so, it out in the middle of the field if you have to. Yep, yep. Maybe you know third and three or less. You uh, run the red cat out there. You've got Savion Red. Maybe Jonathan Brooks to one side. Maybe CJ sure. Baxter to the other side. I mean, use your weapons. Use your running backs as weapons to uh, to just yeah do as much as you can to make this as easy as possible for Malik Murphy. Yeah, I'm very I'm very interested in seeing how they run. If they load up the box, will they continue to run the ball? Will they give their running back an opportunity? Because right now, both of those guys can break tackles. They're big. They're powerful runners. Jonathan Brooks, we know, is powerful enough. We know how much they love C.J. Baxter because at one time, this offensive group thought that he should be the starter over the other kid, maybe one of the best backs in the country. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we are with that group. I'm, I, won't, I wouldn't give up on the run because they want to load the box. If they, if they pay a heavy price for loading that box against the run, B.K., and they can't get in the right positions against, especially guys, especially a guy like Jonathan Brooks. He makes that first guy. He's really good in between the tackles for some odd reason. Yeah, he man. makes a guy miss in there. And then after that, once he's in your secondaries, now he's stiff arming a bunch of guys. So 
you got to continue to give him opportunities. Yeah, you, this you ain't do that. Excuse me, Buck. This ain't Bijan and Rojo right now, but this is a, a good one-two punch. Yes, it Texas is. Because C.J. Baxter maybe played his best game as a Texas Longhorn last weekend, and he was healthy, right? Yeah, like he, he gets it. This has been the first time he's been healthy since game one. Exactly, exactly. So coming off the bye, you know, I wish Texas got a little healthier. They were clearly still pretty banged up going into that Houston game, but C.J. Baxter was one of the guys who used the bye to his advantage, and you saw some of that explosiveness that uh, you saw in his high school film. Sure. And also the coaches clearly saw in fall camp because, you know, they yeah. had C.J. Baxter, the starter. So that was good to see. Jonathan Brooks should still be getting the vast majority of the carries. There's no doubt about that. But uh, you feel like C.J. Baxter maybe yes, has found a little something, something. Oh, and yeah, he's yeah, ready. Yeah, you're confident if he does tote the rock, I don't know, five to ten times in the, in this game against BYU. I think he had six carries against Houston. I think Jonathan Brooks had 20 carries, if memory serves, uh, yeah, that, that should still be the split. It should still be primarily Jay Brooks, but C.J. Baxter, if he uh, has found something, that's good news for this team. Especially yeah, I mean, that's just a bonus for you then. Yep. That's yep. a bonus. That's a bonus when you got when you got your, your young quarterback. And maybe this dude is not going to struggle. Maybe this guy's going to stand in a pocket and fire. Guys are going to get open against this defense and go. Like you said, this defense is not the greatest that they're playing against. We're not, you know, we're, we're not talking about the doomsday defense. We're talking about – this, you can still do the things you've been doing. Yeah. You know, guys need to get make sure that they're open, they present themselves well to this kid, and he's got to be accurate with the football. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. That ball will get, like you said, that ball is going to get on you in a hurry. When you get your head around, if that ball is coming, if he's anticipating throwing to a spot, you better get your hands and your gloves up in a hurry to catch the ball because it's coming. Oh, I'm worried that a Texas receiver is going to get concussed from taking a fastball from wow. Malik Murphy to the dome. That yeah. guy throws heat, man. He's like a rollish Chapman in the damn pocket. That there time. are some receivers that just love the ball getting on them quick there, and it sticks to their hands. You know, Quinn Ewers throws that. Quinn Ewers throws kind of that soft, soft ball at times. This guy, there's no softballs coming. You say some guys love when they have balls stick to their hands. Did I hear sure. that right? Yeah, when you throw it hard. I mean, I, I mean, I've always, I've always liked guys that threw it with a little bit of velocity. That you know who throws like that. The kid Charles Wright, and I know hopefully we won't have to see him, but he threw like that in high school. He threw the ball like a college quarterback to high schoolers. And when that ball used to hit those kids at, at where was it, at Austin High, that ball used to go through their fingers, BK. That ball was going so fast. I'm like, dude, you're throwing too hard for these guys. Yep. Now, for a college-level guy, you want that ball there quick. You want it to stick. Malik Murphy's six six, almost two fifty, like that guy. And and the picture, he's jacked. Yes, that ain't fat in those two hundred fifty pounds. That is all muscles. That ball is coming. So yeah, he uh, he's got some zip on his footballs. That's for damn sure. He's he needs a little bit more touch from what yes. I've seen, and it's eight career passing attempts. So I don't know. My guess is as good as yours. Your guess is as good as mine. And he'll find a favorite guy. He's going to find his favorite guy, and his favorite guy is going to get open. It's not always going to be about the scheme. You know these quarterbacks find who their favorite, who they're really confident in, who he's worked with, who's on this second group that still gets in. I hope that just they don't just primarily – I want I like to see the young guy get across there and zip through the field and let that ball loose and let him go get one. So, But this could be a Jay Witt game again. could be one wow. of those games for him. Or you trust in that dude? I hope. I mean, he went back to not showing up this past Saturday. He was awesome against Oklahoma. He's one of the best players Texas had in that OU game, right? Ten catches. Uh, he career had day. Far, 
yeah, by far his best game of the season for Texas and one of the best games of his career in Austin. But uh, yeah, no, he, he fell apart. He disappeared and hell, a lot of guys disappeared for Texas in that second half against Houston, but it'd be nice. I mean, AD Mitchell, had just one catch last week, Jordan Whittington, not much more than that. It'd be nice to get those guys back as well with Xavier worthy with JT Sanders. Malik should have some options to yeah. spread the football around. Absolutely. Saturday. All right. Some more love to some more of our great sponsors, Buck. How about our friends at Texas Orthopedic? Love the folks there. Now, if you're looking for seeking specialized, patient-focused orthopedic care, then contact the folks at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer surgical and non-surgical care for children and adults, folks. Spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, of course, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. Say hello to Christopher Daney there and Chris Stockton. They are dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you back into good health, of course, and that great quality of life. Texas Orthopedics is one of the largest independent orthopedic practices in the state of Texas. Go to TXOrtho.com for more information. Yes, indeed. Shout out to all of you people for the kind words today. I'm sure everyone's just being nice because we're giving away that Cabo Bob's. Is that what it is? They want to be, you better talk to the randomizer. We'll talk to the randomizer. There you go. We'll see. Does the randomizer accept bribes? Of course it does. It always does. What are you kidding me? We'll find out after a word from our friends at Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers. 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Love oh, yeah. them. And, and of course, Dr. Greg Eckert, folks. Now, if you're looking for a, a great dentist, Dr. Greg Eckert is that great dentist and his staff for sure. All-star group of professionals. They do everything from general dentistry to the most advanced work. And advanced work means veneers, these beautiful veneers that I've had for six years. Dr. Eckert got those into my face in just two visits. Two visits. That's all it took. Now, if you want to leave with a smile in just one day, dental implants may be the way that, go, that you want to go. Give them a call and find out if you're a candidate for dental implants by calling at 512-345-3166. And folks, teeth cleaning, teeth widening, tooth loss solution, extractions. He does all the things that a regular dentist does. General dentistry, Dr. Record will get that done for you. But he cares about your dental health, and you should too. And that way, how about your dental insurance? Let's start using it before you start losing it here for the new year. Start making appointments with the good doctor today. Over 28 years of service. 1,400 cases of restoring teeth. And yes, if you need IV sedations to just get your teeth clean, do it because you want to take care of your dental health because it will affect your regular health. And Dr. Eggert is the guy that you want to see. His staff is fabulous. 512-345-3166. He's our dentist. Should be your dentist also. Shout out to Doc U and shout out to Steve over at Pest Wranglers, man. Like They're not lying about their reviews. You check them out on Google or Yelp or anywhere, and it's just five-star after five-star after five-star. So if you've got those creepy crawlies in your place, you got to call our friends at Pest Wranglers. They will take care of everything for No scorpions out with the scorpions. Are you a scorpion guy? Got to watch out for the scorpions. Wintertime's coming. You know, they're starting to leave outside, trying to find a way to get inside. Oh, is that their bit? That's their bit. They get around your house. 
You know, they and they get through. You know where they come through, BK? They come, yeah. I, I've seen a couple here before since the, we got the new house. But they come through the uh, electrical sockets there. They find their way through vents and everything else. That is spooky. My wife's freaked out by those. They don't tend to bother me. I've been bit by a scorpion. No problem. But I don't want to wake up to one on my face. That's for sure. No. No, that's the big fear, right? With yes. anything. I'm not, I'm not like super scared of snakes or scorpions or roaches or anything like that. But no. yeah, you do not want one of those in your bed in the middle no. of the night. No. That is terrifying. And if you see one of those things, you know there are more around. So hit up past Wranglers and, and they'll take care of all of those things for Dude, you. I took I took one with me. I had one in a shirt. I took one. I was oh. going, I was going up to the um I think it was uh, one of the media events up in Arlington. I took, put my shirt on my back and I felt this, it felt like somebody, a paper cut and I shook it and this thing fell out the bottom on the ground. It stung me. And I'll tell you, like I said, they don't, the sting doesn't really bother me. I'm worse for a bee sting than a scorpion sting. Mm -hmm. A scorpion sting feels like a paper cut to me, but it's just so annoying. Just the thought of that thing was in my bag. And I took mm. everything out of my bag and started shaking it up. I don't know how the hell it got in my drawer. Probably was in there for a while. So get pest wranglers. Make sure you don't have any of those creepy crawlers around. No, 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 no. You don't want to mess with those. You don't want to mess with scorpions, crabs, any of that stuff. No, Just crabs, <laughs> syphilis, gonorrhea. <laughs> you don't want any of it. No. Wow. I don't know oh, if pest yeah. wranglers can help with those last couple of things. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. All right, uh, let's have some fun, shall we? Um, we've got a blast from the past. An all-time great moment in television history that we need to bring up. Okay. Because we had another pretty hilarious moment on the same show. Wheel of Fortune. You a Wheel of Fortune guy, Buck? I am. I'm a Vanna White fan. She's and still, Pat Sajak. Is Vanna White still doing it? I think she's. I think she's done now. I think she has retired finally. She gone? Yeah. By the way, Vanna White did not wear, wear the same outfit in all her years, and I think she got. She also got to keep all of her wardrobe. How about that? Think she's wow. got some gear. Think she got some gear. Sell that stuff, man. Hell yeah, that stuff was worn. Absolutely. Get a get a signed Vanna White dress. Yard sale. <laughs> well, there was a moment we had some NFL players on Wheel of Fortune recently. Oh no! Oh no! One of those NFL players was a uh, former Giants running back, Rashad Jennings. You remember him? Yes, I do. Yeah, he, he was in the league, I don't know, 10 years ago. Solid running back in the NFL for a few years. Never the best, but never the worst. Uh, he was on Wheel of Fortune very recently, and, well, he he blew it, man. Let's take a look. I wish I could help. I really do. But if why, you can buy some time by spending the money. did you see what was on the screen i didn't see it i didn't see it long enough okay well watch it, it it'll show up at the start of the video here look at look at what's there this guy okay. needs one letter if you're listening on the app we'll explain it more after we show the video again but he's one letter away from solving the puzzle it's a very easy puzzle to solve Instead of just guessing the answer, he goes for another spin. Not, risking, for another leather? Yeah, risking a you know a bankrupt or something like that. But he didn't get a bankrupt. Landed on 600. 
But one more time, here's uh, here's what it looked like. I, wish I could help. I really do. But if why well, you can buy some time by spending the money. Yeah. Yeah. Was there? Really? So what was on the screen? Driving to Reno with Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. And the only really? letter that was missing was, you know, the first letter of Quentin Tarantino's name, which is, which is a Q. And Rashad Jennings guessed P. Driving to Reno with Quentin Tarantino. Is that as bad as HLEs? Well, that's what we've got. Oh, next. no, no. Right down there, if you would, you got that and $2,800 cash. Opportunity. Let's spin, Pat. Wow. L. Yeah, four L's. Pick that up, turn it over. Lay it down right over that London trip down there. Six fifty. Why? Uh huh. There's a why. Five hundred. G. One G. Seven hundred. C. Yeah, there are two C's. Well. Wow. Okay. Nice all. Oh, well, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Mythological hero Achilles. I can't accept that. Okay. I can't accept that. That's the best. When he goes, I can't accept that bullshit. Come on, man. What are we as parents thinking about? They're like, we just paid this money for you to go to college. Stanford. The guy's wearing a Stanford shirt. Achilles. Mythological hero Achilles. Oh, that's the... That's the best of all time right there. That's just the absolute that. best. Oh, my God. AJ so, goes, dude, we can't accept that. That's the, not it. He had the whole puzzle solved. It was right there in front of him. All he had to do was correctly read three words, and the Stanford grad, or probably a Stanford student at the time. No, he was, hadn't graduated yet. I guarantee you that. No, he's on the uh, that was 15 years ago. He, he's on the Brock Cunningham slash JT Daniels plan where he's just <laughs> oh in college God. forever. Uh, mythological hero Achilles. All he that had to do was bad. say Achilles and he would have won like a million bucks. Oh, no, he there was a big money on that. And I was just thinking, boy, I wish that would have been my, if that was my son, I'd have got on the phone and said, hey, you need to come home. School's canceled for you. Mm, done. Cancel school. Done. Smart, done. Done. Yep. So that's uh, that's the best Wheel of Fortune moment I think ever. It but is. Uh, yeah, Rashad Jennings, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Come on. Does, do you think he knows who? Everyone knows who Quentin Tarantino yeah. is, right? Yes, of course. Is there any way Quint Quentin could that start with a P in any language? No, no it can't. No, <sighs> I got Spanish eyes, and even in my Spanish, no. Yeah. No go, my friend. No go. No, no moss. Eh, can't accept that. <laughs> Isn't that the best when he says, I can't, I'd like to accept it, but I just can't. can't. You dumbass. <laughs> That's what he should have said at the end. You idiot. Just cost oh, yourself a million dollars by not being able to read the word Achilles. Oh my goodness. Uh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Buck, we don't talk a lot of basketball on this show and we won't talk a 
ton of non-Texas basketball on this show. But, hey, the season opener in the NBA was last night. We had a couple of games. The Denver Nuggets raised their banner and knocked off the L.A. Lakers at home to open up this season. They raised the roof on those dudes. Yeah, they did. It was a close game for a while. Denver was able to pull away in the fourth quarter. Uh, Nikola Jokic doing what Nikola Jokic does. That guy is a doubles all over the place. Yeah, nice 29-point triple-double to open up the year for him. Uh, The Phoenix Suns, the new-look Suns, they, of course, added Bradley Beal to their roster. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker still there in the desert. Uh, They go into Golden State and beat the Draymond Greenless Warriors. 108 to 104. Chris Paul was making his dubs debut. Uh, he did not look great. Four of 15 from the floor, 0 of 6 from beyond the arc. Yeah, the Suns get the win to start the year. Those were the only two games last night. But hey, the three Texas teams are in action tonight. Oh, yeah. And I think the game that most people hearing the sounds of our voices care about the game in San Antonio, the debut of Victor Webanyama, the most Talked about rookie since LeBron James. Wemby makes his debut tonight against the Dallas Mavericks. How about a little Luka versus Wemby to open up your season? The Mavs four-point favorites at the AT&T Center in San Antonio tonight. This is a nationally televised game, 8.30 tip, so it's a late one because it's the second half of the uh, ESPN doubleheader. But, man, I, I am excited. Of course, I'm excited to watch Luca because he's awesome. But I, man, I'm I'm through the moon. I hate that Wimby's on the Spurs because I can't stand the Spurs. But I can't wait to see what this young man is going to do in the league. We saw some of it in summer league. We saw some of it in the preseason. But obviously, now the games count. This should be a, a fun one tonight to get to watch the French baguette do his thing. Yeah, uh, Luca's liable to try to put up 50 tonight. Yep, he's liable to take every shot for the Mavs. Well, he may not give the ball up tonight because he he want he does not want to be outdone by some rookie. No, uh, this is a Luca night tonight. Well, he's uh he's questionable. He might not even play tonight, which is the scary part for Mavs fans because he's dealing with some calf soreness. Uh, so it's a game time decision with him. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't know what the Mavs strategy will be. They might just say, "Hey, we've got 82 games load we, management. We can't risk this." But also, it is the season opener, and yes, like you've been risking me with load management. They're they're liable not to do it, right? We, we, there's a lot of shows to be done. We've got a load management story to get to here in a moment. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. But, uh, hey, the Mavs have Kyrie Irving. Don't forget about the uh, flat earther, okay? That's right. So they've got some other guys who can uh, pick up the slack if Luke is going to have to miss some time. But this is all about Wemby, man. It is. This this is going to be one of the more watched NBA games of the year. Kind of Captain Obvious because it's opening night and people are excited about the start of any new sports season. But – uh, everyone is curious to see what Wembenyama can do. I mean, the Spurs were one of the worst teams in basketball last year. They got lucky in the lottery and yeah. with Victor Wembenyama. But he yeah, this, you would see a lot of the Spurs this year on TV. Oh, oh you should. I mean, he's he's must yeah. watch. He is must see TV, and it starts tonight. Uh, the Rockets in Orlando. If anybody cares about that, that uh, is a six o'clock tip off. Curious to see if the Rockets can do what the Texans are doing, right? I mean, like the Texans, the Rockets have been one of the worst teams in the NBA for the last three years. The Texans, they brought in a new coach who everyone was excited about. Uh, They had a good draft. They brought in some good players in free agency. And you see the Texans now, hey, they're a half-decent football team. Yes. They're out of the mud for sure. 
Rockets fans and Houston sports fans obviously hoping the Rockets can have a similar path. They brought in Ime Udoka, who was one of the best coaching hires in the offseason, if not the best coaching hire of the offseason. Hide the wives. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. Yep, exactly. But that dude can coach. Uh, The Rockets had a good draft. They brought in a couple of good free agents. So curious to see what the new look Rockets can, uh, can do tonight. Hopefully they start their season off. Now, with, they got Porter uh, missing for them. He's got some problems. Some yeah, they got rid of that dude, Kevin Porter Jr. Is, is he gone? Is he off the roster? Yeah, they traded him to Oklahoma City last week, and I think Oklahoma City waived him immediately. So he's done. Uh, as a head case, decent player, but not worth the off the court trouble. And he's had a no. few incidents during his time in the league so and he far. He picks on women, I believe. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And we're not talking about basketball picks either. No. I don't think uh, Boston and Milwaukee are your two co-favorites to win the NBA title this year, Buck. Any thoughts on that? Followed well, by I, Denver, Phoenix, and of course the LA Lakers, because they've got to be in the top five for some reason. Well, Denver, I, I think we're about to see the, a repeat. I okay. think they just, they, I think they get better. Yeah, they're it's good. It's hard to believe it, but I think they get to be an even better team this year. Yep, they're good, and they brought pretty much everybody back from last yeah. year's title squad, and uh, yeah, they kind of ran through the playoffs and beat Miami in five games in the NBA Finals. So, uh, yeah, Jokic is your favorite to win MVP again. He didn't win For it last sure. year, but he won the two previous years. He's your favorite, followed by Luka, then Giannis. There's your top. Giannis three. has got his big bucks, and, and you know, uh, this yeah. will be a very interesting year mm-hmm. for the MVP, cool. for sure. It will be. It will be. It will be. So there's some NBA conversation for you right there. We won't talk a ton of NBA on this show, but hey, of course, when something. What about my 76ers? What's about what's James Harden doing? Oi, uh, not he, much. He's probably eating a lot. The is he going to come suit, with a fat suit? He's not going to do that to the 76ers. He's is fat. He? Is he fat. Oh, of course. He's already doing it, man. He he's wants not out. If, he, up. if that dude wants out, he's getting out. Yep, we saw it in Houston, we saw it in Brooklyn, and we're seeing it in Philadelphia right now. That guy gets what he wants. Even though he's not one of the best players in the NBA like he was for a lot of his career in H-Town, uh, he's, you know, he's still a star player, and star players in this league get what they want all the yes. time. So if he doesn't show up, then I don't know what the Sixers do. They've got to trade him for something, I guess, even though they don't want to. What a nightmarish situation for them. Oh, CB says Harden just reported back. I didn't even see that. He's back. Nice. Very nice. I don't know if you want that, though, because the fat suit, once that thing comes on. <laughs> it's hard to take the fat suit off, isn't it? It is hard to take the I fat. I just don't want to mess with the kid, Maxie. He's just starting to come around. Yeah, Maxie's a good young player for Philadelphia, and his role is going to increase this for season. sure. You would think. All right, a couple words for a few more sponsors. SendTextTickets.com. If you're looking oh, yeah. for tickets to the Texas game this Saturday, if you're looking for tixes, uh, tixits, what is that? If you're looking for tickets to the World Series in Arlington, that starts on Friday, they've got them for you on site right now at SendTextTickets.com. Hey, if you're trying to get to San Antonio for Mavs Spurs tonight, uh, they've got them for you there at SendTextTickets.com. All of their tickets are 100% guaranteed. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to worry about scalpers or scammers or anything like that. You just pull up your phone, pull up your internet, and boom, SendTextTickets.com. They've got them for you right there. We appreciate Lo- them. Love those. I love those folks. I love Shelby over there. You're going to go see. You're going to see Shelby this week. Yeah, and he's got all kinds of World Series tickets. You know that he's ready oh, yeah. to go. He's ready to rock and roll. He'll be out of town 
uh, quickly. But but Syntex Tickets has all the World Series tickets that you need. And he's yes, got them to the big game in February, too. Oh, That's right. the Super in Bowl. Vegas, baby. The Cowboys-Texans Super Bowl. I don't know about the Cowboys. Oh, you think the Texans have a better chance? <laughs> Maybe. You know, I mean, I, San Francisco I told them, hey, we may beat you the next time worse than what happened. Like you beat the Vikings, huh? Oh, now they're what's up with Purdy? Come on, Purdy. Come on, Purdy. Yeah, you He's take not so Debo. Purdy anymore. Take Debo away. And uh, yeah, he ain't the same. Ain't the same. Yeah, shout I out be, to I wouldn't shout out be to, playing that group this week. No. Well, I would have said that last week or on Monday night, and Minnesota had no problems with that at all. Shout out to Great Blue Heron Furniture as well. Custom leather furniture company that started way back in 1991. I'm saving up for a piece from Great Blue Heron Furniture. There you go. I got to give me a good recliner. You know, I'm about to hit 30, so I'm getting it's old. Time. You know, old people need recliners. They can watch the sports and fall asleep while they're sitting in those things. I got to give me a nice one from Great Blue Heron Furniture. If uh, you need a recliner, a couch, a chair, an ottoman, whatever, and you want something that looks nice and is going to last you and your family decades, look no further than greatblueheronfurniture.com. This stuff is beautiful. It's stylish, it's comfortable, and once again, it is incredibly well-built. Just go to their website, greatblueheronfurniture.com. Use the promo code HOOKEM. You're going to get 15% off. Let me say that again. Use the promo code HOOKEM. You're going to get 15% off your purchase at greatblueheronfurniture.com. This stuff is gorgeous, man. Now, and, I, and I can't wait now, BK, for my last stand hat and some, some last stand gear. Because it's going to start getting cool. I'm going to need a little pullover here shortly. Yep, absolutely. They've got the uh, the last stand hats. If you're looking for a Texas sports unfiltered lid, there's a link in the video description below. If you're watching on YouTube, you can find our collection right there. And, hey, if you're a paid Patreon subscriber, well, you're going to get a discount code. I can't tell everybody else what that code is, but if you subscribe to our Patreon, there's a link to that thing under the YouTube video as well. Uh, you're going to get a discount code from our friends at Last Stand at Hats that you can use for the TSU hats, but you can use for any of the hats that they've got on site. Shout out to them, laststandhats.com. If you're listening on the app, just go to laststandhats.com, search Texas Sports Unfiltered, and boom, the lids are right there. Love it. How about some words from some of these Texas football players? Let me pull this up. I shouldn't, I shouldn't start talking before I know what I'm doing. But some of these Texas players were talking about Malik Murphy. And we read the quote yesterday from Michael Taff talking about Malik Murphy. Do I have this? Did I close out of this? Maybe we'll have to save this for tomorrow because I'm an idiot. Well, you talked, he talked yesterday about his work ethic and how everybody, he's just the first guy in and the last guy out of the building, which is cool. Yep. There's a lot, of, to know. a lot of that going on with, uh, I can't find it right now. Sorry about that, people. I'm annoyed with myself. But, but, yeah, I, Mike, but he did talk about that, BK, yesterday. He, Michael Taft talked that this guy is not, you know, he's, he's not a Superman. He's just somebody that people really like to be around. They kind of gravitate towards him he's a hard worker first guy in the building last guy out of the building but he really he, he takes his craft very very seriously which is good to hear that he's not just a guy waiting to get an opportunity because he's got an opportunity but he's really worked hard for this opportunity and when it comes he'll take advantage of it that's that's kind of the word i got from taft that don't expect anything but the best out of this kid when he gets on the field 
Yeah, there we go. Thank you for filibustering for me. I was able to find the article right here. There you go. So that was Michael Taft, right? What you just read. Uh, Xavier Worthy, a quote about Malik Murphy from the player availability on Monday. Quote, Malik is always the same Malik. Malik has always been ready for the role just in case anything happened. Now that it happened, I feel like he's ready for that role. He's got a rocket arm. He's just a confident person. I feel like he just has that confidence regardless of what's going on. I feel like he's just going to do what he needs to do and execute at a high level. There's Xavier Worthy. Here's Jonathan Brooks talking about Malik Murphy. Quote, we practice for these moments, and I feel like he's ready for the moment. He practices week in and week out like he's the starter. He's the first one in the facility, last one out. He does all the extra work. I think he's mentally ready for this. Malik knows the offense just like Quinn does. He can make throws Quinn makes. We're making sure we instill confidence in him, letting him know he can get the job done and that he'll will be there to back him up. Here's a quote from Christian Jones, the right tackle. Quote, I think he's ready because of the work he puts in behind the scenes every single day. He's always the last one to leave the facility, the locker room, the weight room, putting in extra work. I feel like the moment is not too big for him. I feel like he's ready for it. I know as a unit and as an offensive lineman myself, we're going to do everything in our power to give him ample time and make him as comfortable as possible to succeed in that position, end quote. So there are just a few quotes from offensive players talking about Malik Murphy, right? And, and the themes are the same. Uh, you know, he's ready for this. He puts in the work. First guy in, last guy out. But also, hey, we'll be there. We've got his back. And yeah. it's going to take the village for Texas to go out there and win this game on Saturday. Because I'm confident in Malik, but it's it's kind of a blind confidence, right? None of us really know what Malik Murphy's going to look like under the lights in a real game situation. He's played in a couple of games this year, but it was mop-up duty against Rice, and well, he was a part of one offensive series for all intents and purposes against Houston, and he just handed the ball off basically a bunch. He only threw two passes. Yeah, it's just the experience of games. That's all it is. I mean, that guy's been around here, it seems like, for three years. It's not like he just showed up on campus. He's been in meetings. He's been at practice. He's practiced the things that they've taught him. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden this is his first – I mean, he just came out of high school, and this is going to be his first starting game. He's been around here for a while. He's not – he's not that young. He's almost no. been here for three years because yeah. he was an early enrollee and then he's a redshirt freshman. So it's technically a second year in the program, but right. well, he got here in the spring of what, 2021? 21, yeah. Yeah, so he's he knows this offense. It's obviously been Sark as the head coach and offensive coordinator for all intents and purposes uh, throughout his entire tenure here in Austin. So he, he, knows, he knows the scheme and he knows what he's got to do. He knows just, the plays. Yeah, can he go? He knows the guys. He knows the personnel on right. this team. Uh, it's just can he go out there and, and get the job done? Yeah, and then, and then as I said, everybody else will have to pick up the pace themselves. They're going to have to make it easier on him. And it, they don't have to make it easier on him. It'll only be a short while before he gets into the swing of things. A little bit of success, and he's rolling, I got to believe. I you hope know? So, man. And if not, then the next guy comes in. But you can't let him roll to where he's throwing picks and saying, oh, he needed the game experience. Uh-uh, I'm not losing a game because he needed game experience. No thanks. Yeah, that's that's the big question, and we can yeah. get into this a little bit more tomorrow and Friday. But, you know, how long of a leash can Sark have with Malik Murphy? I mean, in Sark's perfect world, Malik Murphy plays the entire game. Yeah. Number one, he stays healthy. But number two, he plays well enough to where, hey, Texas has a nice lead and – Malik Murphy's playing well, and boom, there's not even a, a debate. 
Like they might show Arch Manning on TV a couple of times, but hey, just keep showing him on the sideline because Malik's getting the job done. Well, yeah, if, if he's getting the job done, even if it's a dog fight and you're not covering spreads and you win by, uh, you you win you win the football game. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for him to win as a starting quarterback to win the game. I'm not looking for him to cover any damn spreads. I'm not worried about that. This is his first start. There are going to be some struggles for him. They win by a touchdown, ten points. I'm going to go. And he does all the things right, and he doesn't throw three picks. If he has some stuff that he can still brush up on for the following week, I'm going to be excited about it. Yep, just win. Find yes. a way to win. This is uh, I don't know if there are a lot of people out there betting on Texas, right? Most of the Texas fans that I've seen on social media have been like, what, we're 17-point favorites? Oh, yeah, Take- still, it hadn't jumped. It hadn't moved anywhere, has it? Take BYU. Well, it, it depends. I mean, the line opened, I don't know how much – I've ever seen a line open with this much variety, but there were some books that had Texas as a 16 point favorite. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I saw the Longhorns favored by as many as 20 in some spots. So right now I'm looking at ESPN and Texas is a 17 and a half point favorite, which I think on ESPN, that's been the number throughout the week. So not a ton of movement, at least from ESPN or wherever the hell they get their lines. Uh, but yeah, well, I'm going into my you know, defense. I'm going to my defense and I'll say it. I'll say, it. see that, see what the people think about you in Vegas. They think you should still handle this team. You need to go play your asses off on defense. You guys need to sack their quarterback. You need to cause turnovers. You need to put pressure in his face. And you guys in the secondary need to cover. I don't care if they're picking with a wall. You guys need to find a way through the pick or around the pick and be right with your man and not trailing that guy as he catches the ball and goes zipping by. There shouldn't be any excuses for this Texas defense. The secondary, too, they, they have built depth. They should. They, and I like I said, I've saw players – that played pretty good football the year before. Why are they not playing pretty good football now? I don't know. The defense has regressed. And a big question is, what Texas defense do we see this Saturday? Yes. Let's let's not forget, I mean, after the Kansas game, we were talking about this defense being one of the best in the country. And now just two games and three weeks later, right. we've got more questions than answers, it feels like, on that side of the football. So I don't know. Like I, I think this defense is capable of playing at a very, very high level. I don't know if they're best in the country anymore. Well, but. somebody's got to step. Somebody's got to step up, and you can't be looking to find out who it's going to be. You have to be that person. This looks like a bunch of guys on defense wondering where's where's Ford. He generally makes the plays for us, but why can't you be the guy making the play? It's somebody else's turn to make some plays. Yep. You know, you got to look the guy beside you and say, "I'm not going to worry about you. I'm going to go make this play, and I'm going to make it all day." Well, Michael Jackson, start with the man in the mirror. Absolutely. Ask him to you change his to. ways. You have to. It's you. You've got. You're. You're a little. You're a little bit hurting right now, and your quarterback position, the key position on your football team, is hurting. What are you going to do to make it better? You know. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Before we hand things off to uh, Wags and Rodney for a little bit of chaos theory, Buck, how about Woods Comfort oh, Systems? Yes. The next week, as BK said, in the 40s on Monday, that heater, that thing's going to click on. And you don't want a bunch of soot and dirt. Hopefully, that's not going to what's going to come out of your heater right there. But if you call Woods Comfort Center, and if you had that contract done, they would have been over to your house by now and cleaned out everything, made it just right for the winter months. And still, who knows with us? Hell, next week, in the middle of the week, it could be 95 degrees around this place. So making sure that air conditioning system works right, too. And now they do plumbing. They're the best when it comes to air conditioning and heating. Believe me, they're going to be the best when it comes to plumbing also, which comfort center. 
Yep, Woods Comfort Systems. Check them out online, woodscomfortsystems.com. They've been in business for 60 years. They will make sure you and your family are comfortable at home during every season. Shout out to my friends at the Altstad Brewery as well. They'll make you comfortable for sure. Come on, the NBA's back. The NHL's here. The NFL, college football, the World Series. Is there a better time of the year to be a sports fan? I don't think so, which means you need a great beer to enjoy while watching all of those great sports. The best beer you can find is Altstadt Beer. Pick it up. H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine. Time-wise, wherever you go, they've got Altstadt. It's liquid gold, baby. One sip, and you won't go back to the other beers you have been drinking in the past. And, hey, we did promise a giveaway winner. Uh-oh. This $150 Cabo Bob's Catering Gift Certificate. Congrats to 5644 on the text line. The randomizer has spit out your number, and you are the winner of that $150 Cabo Bob's Catering Gift Certificate. What was that number there, Archelise? Five, six, four. I'm not giving out the full number, but the last four digits, five, six, four, four. And, hey, we're going to be giving one of those out after every Texas win. And even if Texas loses, we'll still have something from Cabo Bob's to give away. That's going to happen every single week right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Don't say that we don't give you anything. Don't say that at all, please. That's that's just not true. That ain't true. That ain't true at all, brother. Mother of children. Uh, That's that's the wrong one. Sorry. I love mother of children, too. He's got AIDS. Oh, come on there, Magic. Big Magic Johnson. Hey, I don't think uh, either of the guys coming on next have AIDS. Well, that's yeah. probably not yeah. a segue that they're looking for. Let's bring them on right now. Our guy, Double R, Rodney Rodriguez. And where's Wags? Pop up, Wags. Pop up. Rodney, you're on mute, brother. We've got we've got zero chaos theory presence right maybe, now. Maybe maybe he's getting tested for AIDS. Yeah, Ooh. big yeah. Magic Johnson. Yeah. Rodney Richard Roundtree, the original Shaft, has died. Has passed away at eighty-one yeah. years old. Did Did you ever see the original Shaft? The Shut movie? your mouth. Of oh, course. Isn't that great. Oh, how about that soundtrack? <laughs> how about course. the Isaac Hayes soundtrack? Oh man, from Shaft. Oh my goodness. Yeah, man. I saw that, and that's that's when you start um, when you start seeing folks like that pass away. It's like you know, it's always a, obviously a big deal when the celebrities pass away. But even like the other day when Suzanne Summers passed away, yes, it's At like man, yes, oh yeah, crazy, you know, it's like what the hell? Yeah, I saw that man. Um, man, what a great talent! What a great talent! Oh, yeah. fantastic! Absolutely. Sorry, guys. I'm a little under the weather, and I had to take a shit. Usually, oh, we talk no. a lot of shit on here, and I know you guys saw me backstage, and I had to leave right away, like like last second, man. It wasn't that you guys were tuning me out. It's just like I really had to go. It was like last second brewing at the I, – I, I don't know, man. You don't have like one of these. You don't have the painter's bucket right there. You could – so I had a huh, I had a caramel mochiata this morning, man. I got up real early and had a caramel mochiata, and it went right through me, dude. Oh, so oh. Nice job. Oh. Oh my goodness. Go. Yeah. Hey, I remember I remember being a kid and we would like me, my grandfather and I, he would take me fishing and we'd go out and for whatever reason, I mean, he didn't want to, to stop and let me take a piss on the side of the road. You know, when we're going out to the tank, he'd have like the, the Folgers can and you would like, oh, take, yeah, you took a piss in, in the little Folgers can, you know, and it's and then you dump it out, you know, whatever. Made the fish Use it there. again. Hell yeah. Put coffee Absolutely. back in that son of a Refill gosh. That shit. <laughs> you take it to H-E-B and, and go get all your, uh, go get your coffee or, or whatever it is. I keep, I keep a big, I keep an extra one of these guys when I'm on the road, just 
so I can whip it out and just go right in there. We don't stop, man. We only pull over to fill up and gas and dump Billy, this is that thing what you out. Do? Are you one of those padads? I'm full. And you know what? I'm not like I'm not like the women. You, the women if you're my, prairie dogging it, you better stick it back in there. I don't care. No, the women in my life, they won't go to certain bathrooms, and you know they can hold it for a month. Like if I got to go, I, if, if if I tell you I have to use the bathroom, that means I've had to use the bathroom for an over an hour now. You know that's the way it is. Yeah. But they won't go. I, I mean, I've stopped with, you know, my my former wife, my wife now. Listen, if that, if I said, hey, how about this gas station here? They'll go gas station. Yes. Are you kidding yeah. me? I'm like, my, what are my, you gonna do? The next place isn't for like two hours. I'll just my, hold it. I'm like, how do you my, just hold it? How do you that do crazy? that? My my wife does that. She will not she will not piss or shit in public sometimes, most of the time. And it's like we're on a road trip and. Man, I got to pee, man. I'll just pull the di- I pull the car over. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. Fair, I, oh, yeah. Me, I'm on a country road and go piss. But it's like, I can't hold that. It starts to dribble out, you know? <laughs> so, gentlemen, these are grounds. Yeah. These are grounds. It hurts too court. much. It hurts. Talking about our lives. Yes. Bowel movements. And then you can't stop it. It just like oh, happens. You know I, what I'm saying? <laughs> I just I just put cruise control on and then just roll down the window and go out the window. <laughs> Oh, it, mean, it, burn, it, mommy. It, it doesn't it doesn't scrape along the road uh, <laughs> if you just oh, lay it out the window. <laughs> oh, this is going to be quite the show. I can't wait to listen to this madness. Yeah, uh, this. Right, it all down. It just smacks along the asphalt. Yeah. Slam it down, <laughs> Bucks. Slam it. Car got hail damage. Slam down.